I just don't know, Peter. <laughs> Fuck. Welcome to episode 120... Uh-oh. Four. Five. No, five. no, five. five. <clears throat> well, episode 125 of net podcast. It's uh, Saturday. Uh, we obviously skipped a week, so it is now March 14th, not March 7th. Uh, and as uh, to make up for the fact that we didn't have a podcast last week, we offer you nothing except the usual trilobites uh, from Pete. And had I not recorded a rushed one yesterday like right before I left the house for something and took about seven minutes, Pete would have had two in a row. And we just can't have that, can we? We can't have two in a rosies. So mm-hmm. no no twos in a rosies, except unless we need to. Yeah, Al. Yes. Is part of the podcast. Pete. Hello. Is part of the podcast, and I'm your host, Mr. Trupon, a.k.a. Austin, and we're going to, uh, you know what? Let's abuse Al. Al, since you didn't have a trilobite, what's new with you, bud? Um, nothing really, <clears throat> tell you the truth. Um, playing Beautiful Joe too. Pension a go go. Act three. Um, I don't think I'm at the boss for this level yet. Wait, real three act three? No, I did real three act three already. I gotta update my uh, backlog. Real oh, three act no. three was the boss for real three. I'm on real four act one, the beginning of the new film, and uh, the game is pretty funny. Just you know, all throughout and whatnot. It's all the same humor and charm of the first Beautiful Joe. You know, like, um, when you pause the game and they say, like, little quirky shit, um, they say more quirky shit. It's <laughs> funny. Um, like, you'll pause, like, I think in the second level, and the director will say, uh, go see what she wants. And then somebody was like, don't answer that. And another one was something about getting the door. I don't know. But it, it was funny because some of it seemed relevant. Like, I paused the game because I had to get up and see what Evelyn wanted to call me for something. And he was like, go see what she wants. I'm like, what? Oh, so um, the game was reading your mind. Yeah. So oh, your life. More of a coincidence. Um, <laughs> I brought my Wii to work a couple of days. Uh, actually, it was Wednesday and Thursday. And um, played some Smash Brothers with an old friend who used to play Acclaim. So we were playing Smash Brothers, and I still haven't unlocked all the characters, so I unlocked um, Lucario in the process. And, wait, we unlocked somebody else, I think. It was Lucario and um, somebody else. I don't remember. Maybe not. Thanks. No, it was only Lucario. Anyhow, um, I, it was twice, because the first time we had unlocked him, the guy who won that fight lost to Lucario, and then at the next fight, uh, the guy who won beat Lucario, so that's that's why I'm thinking it's twice. Other than Beautiful Joe 2, I really haven't played anything. Um, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast or on the trial of Bite, but I did cancel my wild subscription. Oh, yay! The economy. Yeah. Basically, I can't afford to play it or to not play it. So, um, yeah, I canceled WoW, so I'm not playing it at the moment. Well, and this I is got Mad World, and I looked at it for five minutes. You looked at it, <laughs> and the Question... game is in uh, 480i. Oh, 
But it doesn't look bad at all. Ugh. Question for you. Beautiful Joe 1 or 2? A- at this point, so far. I don't know. Uh, they might as well just say Beautiful Joe or Beautiful Joe. Because they're both the same really? thing, more levels. And, you know, you could play with Sylvia. Sylvia, And right. she doesn't take five damage every time she gets hit. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that's not... Because, I mean, I'm happy to have more Beautiful Joe levels, but I- I'm always trying to see if they-, they put some work into making something unique about it. Well, yeah, they added, they added more powers. Like, um, Sylvia doesn't have mock speed. She has replay, where ah. um, you hold the R button and then you kick or do an uppercut or do something that's a, con- a contact move, a melee move, and she'll do it three times, do three times the damage. But it's a risk, high risk, high reward move because if she gets hit during replay, she she'll gets take three times I see. damage. I see. Um, then they have when you switch. If you hold the switch button, you can do a combo attack. Um, and then you get. Let's see this: slow down, speed up, zoom, um, replay. There's and stuff. One more thing. I don't. I think there's one more move I haven't gotten yet, but I'm not sure. Uh, so what? What? What were you saying before I? Before I asked you about Beautiful Joe, uh, Mad World, or um, something I else? Like five minutes of it, and <laughs> it's in 4DI. That was it. Um, and it doesn't look bad. I think it's in 4DI. Because uh, 4DI B. No, because. Oh. Um, I was like, what? <laughs> I think it's in that mode because it's um because of, of the fact that it's a black and white game. I don't know. I don't know what progressive scan would do to the art. Probably doesn't do anything. It would, nothing. It would not. just make it look crisper. <laughs> it would make it look crisper. That's what it would do. Right. And that might make it harder to look at. I don't know. It, it I very hard to look at when uh, I did it, but I haven't actually played the game. Any it's it's not because of the art. It's because of the TV flicker. That's well, what there's... bothers me about interlace. And so when you translate that to an LCD, which doesn't have flicker, mm-hmm. it makes it look muddy. Oh. Uh. Because it's trying to... I don't know. It, it, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a rocket scientist. But rocket science isn't required to make an LCD TV. Says you. <laughs> you ever tried it? Huh? It's like building a rocket ship. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Sorry, I was I was trying to think of all the lyrics and and do it in a Shatner, but I can't because I don't know the song very well. Mm-hmm. But Pete does. What? <laughs> Ass. <laughs> what else have you been playing now? Or nothing. what else is new? I got nothing else in my bag. Um, I'm just looking at my wall of games that I haven't touched, and I can definitely guarantee that. I have not played any... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I just have to mention. Mm. I played Guitar Hero World Tour yesterday. Oh. On drums. Oh. With the Rock Band drums, of course. Because oh. I have Guitar Hero drums. And it's cool that they allow you to do that and they adjust the game because Guitar Hero World Tour has three pads and two cymbals, which means that's five things to hit, including the... Well, well not including the bass pedal. Mm-hmm. So basically, you'll see five buttons, or you know, five five gems will be coming down instead of four. 
like in Rock Band. So when you play with the Rock Band drums, they eliminate one of the cymbals. Right. And unfortunately, that makes the game feel weird because you don't have a crash cymbal, you just have a splash cymbal. And when you're playing Rock Band, you're used to the green button being that crash where you're just, you know, you hit that at the end of your fills and then you're hitting that for uh, a lot of your, you know, big hits. Like, you know, when you hear in the song there's a crash cymbal, you're hitting green, right? In Guitar Hero World Tour, you don't hit anything if you don't have the, the orange button. So they skip it and it makes the game feel a little bit weird. Um, instead of just combining it? Yeah, instead of, well, they, they I don't know if there's anything to combine it with because in Guitar Hero World Tour, the green is a tom-tom. Oh, uh, right. It oh, usually oh. it's a floor tom, but it can they alternate it. And the blue is the other tom. Yellow is the splash symbol, and red is the snare. So I was playing some Metallica because I, I wasn't really interested in playing anything else. I was playing the Def Magnetic album. Mm. And... Uh, I noticed that the game actually plays a little bit easier than Rock Band because yeah, I can yeah. be I can be off by a good mm, half a beat maybe not um, well a fraction of a beat I can be off by a fraction of a beat and it'll still accept all of the hits that I'm doing like if I'm doing a long string of reds and I kind of hit it sort of on the right. Uh, you know, like I'm not exactly hitting it as it's supposed to be. Like if it's and I kind of miss one, it'll still accept it as a hit. Oh, I haven't been in that situation yet, but that's um, yeah. That's, I noticed that's kind of cool for for newbies like me. <laughs> yeah, it, it works out pretty well, and um, I think that the method of activating star power is a little weird because you got to hit. You have to hit the, the middle two and the and the bass pedal, right? No, just the, the just the orange and blue. But usually you're hitting the bass pedal when you do that because you're you have to wait until you get to a scenario where you're hitting one of them already. <laughs> oh right, okay. Because you can't just be like playing right. You can't activate it anywhere and because then just hit it in the yeah. middle of doing a beat. Because if so, they chart, yeah, and also if they chart it, then you you can't even activate it at all. Like if they chart the middle. Oh two, really? If they chart that's what both I both yellow. That's what blue. I read. That's what I read. Uh, I couldn't verify myself because. I didn't figure out how to do the star power for the drums until after I left Alex's house. So mm -hmm. I was like, "Whoops!" But yeah, mm -hmm. I, I heard I, I read that if you chart it, if they chart it, like it's not going to activate. It'll just play the note. Awesome. Because because otherwise, but the thing is, oh, otherwise, but that's, but that's that's that should kind of happen. Yeah, right. That's good. So then you accidentally do it. As exactly. To, um, exactly. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, I think that's all I have to say about. The drums in World Tour. Oh, that's all I have to say about that. Mama said those was my magic shows. Anything else? Mm, no, that, that's that's pretty much it for me. I gotta be honest. I'm playing through Suikoden Tear Christ as we speak because I have to. <laughs> but yeah, I basically have until Thursday for the review. And since I have a job, uh, play yeah, playing this on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, for oh. how many hours that I would need to isn't going to happen. So I gotta, I gotta get a head start this weekend. So I think I'm going to be in here for like eight to ten hours, just kind of pounding away at this game. Man, I haven't done that since uh, clean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll say right now, so far it, I've been going at it for about half an hour, and it's um, 
it's fairly typical right now. I mean, it 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 brings back some of the speed of the original Suikoden. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know how like when when they're in a battle like sometimes you'll get two guys jumping on the enemy at once. Mhm. So it's not they, so they kind of make it look like they're really fighting. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not at, well, I'm not going to say it's not as dynamic because I don't remember the first one clearly, but I know that um it it doesn't it basically it doesn't happen as often as I remember. Mm-hmm. So like it'll only happen once in a while, but maybe that's because I um, maybe that, that <laughs> Pete writes consult your physician if pounding <laughs> remains after eight to ten hours. But um, it uh, it happens less than I remember. That's what basically what I'm trying to say. Okay. And so it, it it still does make the battle speedier, especially after coming off of Dragon Quest Four, which I just beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the voice acting in this is. It, yeah, it's voice acting in the game. There's there's voice acting in um in some of the some of the cutscenes. And when I say mm-hmm. cutscenes, I I should actually clarify just like non-interactive character scenes, not like a cinematic. They do have cinematics, but it's in-game. uh in game, yeah, in game dialogue boxes for certain characters. Uh, the voice acting is kind of like your typical Adult Swim anime. Uh. So give or take, you know, if you like that kind of stuff, great. But if you don't like like me. It's kind of grating, and they kind of rush it. So, so like, if I'm reading the line that Pete just wrote, it'd be like, like consult your physician. Your pounding remains after eight to ten hours. So it sounds like they were really trying to rush through the game. Uh, some of them, some of them are like, like, like sound really young. No, no, not even that. Um, not like in a kind of ironically stupid but funny way, mm-hmm. but more in the sense of hey, most of them are young, younger voice actors, uh. and so it just sounds like you know they're they're just reading it too fast. Um. So, and Al has a question. Yeah, my question is, do they have combo attacks still? Like they did in the original, and... Uh, I, I really haven't gotten simple. far enough um, to uh, determine. Okay. And I tried reading the instruction manual, which isn't a manual because they sent me a, a review copy. They didn't send me a retail copy. Uh, and so, so I got... It's funny, I got the little DS thing with the with the bulge in the back. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, the instruction manual was a Xerox, basically, of the, of the um, print manual. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not sure. I'm not exactly 100 percent sure that they gave us the whole manual. They gave me the whole manual. I mean, I, I think they did because I I even have the French pages, excellent, which are useless to me. But um, I, yeah. So I don't know. I gotta take a look, take a look at that. What? Is it parlez-vous, motherfucker? Parlez-vous, motherfucker? Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it. There's nothing really special to it so far. Um. Which isn't necessarily damning. Damning. It's just a remark. Um, I said this in my trilobite, but it's not in the same universe as the Suikoden games in terms of it's not the same characters. Well, they, but I don't know if they continued the storyline past three because one and two were directly connected, right? And three is loosely based. It's in the same world and everything, but it's based off of a diff- completely different character. It's like the son of a girl who was only in the game like twice in Suikoden 2. Right, and this one is almost completely removed. Right, I don't know if 4 and 5... I heard they were. I heard they They were were? because I heard heard that was a big complaint from many people. They were like, oh, why why are you making us start with a new cast and everybody? And I don't know this world. I don't know them and the... um, I I felt like that in Suikoden 3. I started the game. And I was like, I feel no connection to any of these characters. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, but yeah, this is like granted. 
the the main character is the son of like this chick who I mean if she was if he was the son of a of a girl who was like a main character in Suiko then too, I can understand. But But it's the same storyline, technically. Like not yeah, not directly, but it's still a continuation. Whereas this one is not. Mm-hmm. It's completely not. But uh it, it it is supposedly happening in a different uh in one of the other other universes, which I know was a concept that was introduced in like the uh, the older Suikoden games, like oh, there's a multi universe or a multiverse or a million verse or whatever the hell you called it, I, I forget. Mm-hmm. So you could make the tenuous argument that it is still kind of based in the same Suikoden world because we said there were multiple universes, and this isn't one of those multiple universes. So I don't, I don't know, I I do not know, but um, yeah. Pete, is there anything you want to add from your trilobite, or or should we uh, should we read these mails? Well, I actually have been playing something else since my trilobite. Oh. Um. Well, I. I. Okay. So, uh, I played more of uh, Retro Game Challenge, so I can t- comment a little bit more on that because I got I got to play two more games. Like, okay, I don't know if you guys listened to my trilobite. Well, you probably didn't because it's not up yet. But uh, in it, I mentioned. Um. I don't even. Okay, so you guys probably don't even know. Uh. <laughs> I got a DS again. Breathe. Um, breathe. Yay. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> Okay, so when my trolley bike goes <laughs> up, you guys can listen to that. But uh, yeah, um, I got a DS again, and I got this game, Retro Game Challenge. So for those, not you guys, but for those people out there who would have heard me talk about that, I'll just mention that I've got two additional games opened in that, which are, um, what are it's like, okay, so it's hard to talk about it because I feel like you guys should already know what I'm talking about, but you don't. <laughs> it's all right, just go ahead. Okay. You, this is for like the listeners. <laughs> so uh one of the games is like it's the closest I can compare it to from the top of my head is like a game like Mappy. Um it's called like Super Ninja Haggleman or something like that. <laughs> and uh Super it's all, Ninja Haggleman. Oh. <laughs> it's all right um but it's so far okay there's three the three games I've played so far are that um the first one which was uh Cosmic Gate which is like a Xevious game and then uh, the third one I opened was called Rally King, which is just like, uh, um, what the hell is that old racing game? Probably, I don't know. There's an old racing game that it's like, and I can't think of it right now. Not Did like you uh, unlock Dan Shu? Wait, wait, was that Al? <laughs> Does it start with Rally? Maybe like, I don't remember. X? Is, no. Maybe no, because New Rally X I played, and it's not like that. Oops. Um, um. It's, and it's not like F1 pole position or anything like that either. It's like it's kind of like a micro machine. Like you remember how like the micro machines racing games were? Oh, like Super Sprint. Uh, you think so? I'll just say yes because it'll make it Super easier Sprint and I can move is on. The the game where you're playing with F1 cars, but it's overhead, and you're doing like you know the track, going around the track and whatnot. And like in the arcade, you had the steering wheel, and the cars are just careen all over the place. Cause yeah. Yeah, and it's just like the map scrolled. You weren't just basically going straight. You can kind of like it was like a circuit race. Yeah, but there, there was no scrolling in um, sprint. It was just uh, you know, one screen. All right, and this is not a, oh, this is not important. The right. important question is: Did you unlock Dan Shu? Well, Dan Shu is not <laughs> an unlockable. He's just right there. He's, he's just oh, okay. The, he's not, in the I, magazines that you get as you're playing along. Although, um, spoiler: He uh, apparently leaves the magazine, and like a new <laughs> editor in chief comes in or something. He leaves Die Hard Game Fan. Yeah, so like I I hope he comes back because I, I I liked having him there. I don't know. I like Danchu, but uh, anyway, the games so far are 
I don't know, cute. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's the right word, but uh, they don't have much lasting appeal. Uh, it it is kind of like as if I were playing like random NES games it, like today because I would probably be the same way. I'd want to play them for like five minutes and then not really want to play them anymore. Um, but that, that is kind of the way the game presents them is it gives you these little tiny bite-sized challenges that you do and it only takes maybe about like five minutes to get through the four challenges. Well, maybe five to ten to get through the four challenges for the game and then you move on to the next game. And I'm assuming that you'll end up having to go back to previous games and face harder challenges because I doubt there's like that many games to stretch this game out for a long period, like stretch, you know, the entire retro game challenge out for a long period of time. But, um, I don't know. So, uh, all I know is that I want to eventually, you, you can unlock free play for the games and then like, you can just go back and play through them yourself. Um, so I'm hoping to hurry up and unlock the, uh, the RPG style game that's in there so I can try that. Uh, cause that might actually be at least a little bit interesting cause NES RPGs are pretty good. Um, even though this won't be like an actual one, it, it still it would be it like be a fake like, Zelda, isn't it? What's that? It's like a fake Zelda or a fake Dragon Quest, isn't it? I th- yeah, I think it's more like a fake Dragon Quest than Zelda, but um yeah, like I don't know. It could be fun. But anyway, the the game itself is enjoyable. I'm still enjoying it and I keep wanting to play it even though even though the 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 game the parody games in in it aren't the best. Uh the overall game is enjoyable enough that I keep wanting to play it and see what you know I unlock next. It's kind of like a Wario Wario World WarioWare type of thing where it's kind of like a sum more than a sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although unlike WarioWare, which I, I mentioned in my trailer, but it's not like it's not split second micro games. Each one does take about a minute or more to to, to each challenge does take about a minute or more. But uh, it yeah, it is more than just the sum of those parts. So yeah, uh, I recommend it for people who liked people who I, I recommend for people who grew up playing games in the NES era. I don't think I don't think uh, younger people will really enjoy it because they'll just be like ah what is this crap you know because they won't have anything mm-hmm. to really relate it to. Graphics suck. <laughs> Did you say crap sucks? No these graphics suck. Oh these graphics sucks. Yeah the graphics no, do no suck graphics. but they suck on purpose so it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, anyway let me just uh, I'll, I'll talk more about that as I get more and more games unlocked. But um, the other thing I picked up since my trial bite was I picked up N-plus for the DS because, <laughs> well, I had to, free. right? Yeah, pretty much. And it's not that bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be because, like, I mem- remember I mentioned that uh, the cameras were different on the DS and the PSP than as they were on the Xbox 360, you know, Xbox Live Arcade version. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, at least, I, again, I don't know the PSP version, uh, but at least for the DS, it's not so bad because I thought it was like that you had to switch between camera modes, but it actually has the bottom screen is like kind of a close-up view, and the top screen is an overhead, like an out uh, zoomed-out map view. So in in uh, working together in conjunction, they actually they do work. So, so what about the PSP one though? Do you know? Like, have, I have you... I honestly don't know anything about it. I guess that one that one is either I, I think I think that one is you can change between views, but I think it's just, uh, I think that's the one where it's, where it's, uh, you either are like super close up or super far away, but only at one at a time. Cause you have to, you know, you have to switch between the views. And I mean, I guess that works too. I don't know. Uh, I can't really speak for it, but, um, as far as so far for playing the DS one, that one is functional. So either the PSP one is, well, I was going to say either the PSP one is is worse or better, but I guess those would be the choices. <laughs> <laughs> it it is, could be the same. We or need to stop recording so early. <laughs> um, 
So, but uh, yeah, the DS game is good. It, it already has, it's got some repeat levels that I recognize from the Xbox Live Arcade version, but it also has some levels that weren't in it, which is cool. And then mm-hmm. I didn't even know this, but the DS one does have the level editor, so you can always make new challenges to like test yourself with. And then there's apparently online functionality too. Uh, I wasn't really able to get online because I, I, um, I tried getting online and said something about like could not connect to the community or something like that. So I just don't know if maybe nobody's playing it or if there's a problem. Because like it asked, it, when I went to log in to the online function, it asked me if I wanted to log in as a guest or actually log in, and I didn't know if I had to create a user ID or anything. So I didn't want to go through all that. I just I just hit guest to try to get in quickly and said I could not connect to the community. So I'll have to look into that and see what that's about. But uh, I guess I'm guessing it doesn't have level sharing though, because the only most DS games don't let that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, there, there, was, there was that one DS game that they did the level sharing with the sound waves or whatever. It's Bungayo. Yeah. Is it... Was that it? Where yeah, you yeah. Can, like, yeah, you like play the sound back into your DS microphone or something like that, and it. Oh, that was. I I can't remember. Yeah. There was something though. And then you can pretty much generate levels by just running sound into the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as far as I know, that was the only the only game that they were letting level sharing, right? I, I don't think I don't know. Maybe maybe this DS version does, but I won't be able to find out until I'm actually able to connect online if I'm able to at all. But even without it, it's still. I mean, just in the game itself, it's it's pretty good. I still would recommend the Xbox Live Arcade version for anyone who has a 360. Um, but uh, other than that, it, if you just have a DS, the DS version is functional and good. So yeah, if you haven't played M Plus, go play it on your DS. Yeah, and that's all I've been like, playing, except for more WoW. It feels like something that I'd rather play on the go. So I'd probably get the portable version. Yeah. Um, depending on how the screens work, though, I might I might actually prefer the PSP version just because it might have a bigger view. But I don't know. I have to I have to see how it looks. But um, oh wait, there's there's the whole D-pad thing. Oh, ugh, because the PSP D-pad's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh god, don't try playing Street Fighter. Have you tried playing Street Fighter Alpha on that thing? Oh. Um, I I had a PSP, but I didn't play any games that really required the D-pad, or at least yeah. in such oh. a way that it was a hindrance. Right. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Not good. <laughs> no, uh, the, the game is good. The, just everything else. Oh like, right, the PSP was the one that had like it had the the buttons like the the entire D-pad was basically recessed into the con- into the portable, and you just had the stub sticking out. Right. Uh huh. It's the same way. Yeah, just I don't stupid. like D-pads like that. Yeah, not, nor I. But um, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, they were talking about how they put a quarter on their um on their PSP over the D pad, and it made it work a lot better. <laughs> and so I tried doing that, and it did work a lot better. But I just had no way to to fasten it, and I didn't want to glue it. So I just said, you know, forget about it. But yeah, that's kind of lame. Anyway, uh, let's hit the mailbag after this break. Uh, we go in that, that mailbag, and we're going to read from the people who send in the mail. And let me go there. Let's see. From Aspero73, who is our contest winner, uh, and as I said in the trial bite, your drink is in the mail. 
He says, to quote Homer Simpson, D and fault, default, the two best words in the English language. It's still a win, and I look forward to downing some Dissidia to see what it cures. Ugh. I don't think you want to drink it. I heard it tastes nasty. Also, yeah, my Street Fighter movie, my Street Fighter the movie game is Saturn. It just looked like a Sega CD game because they're on discs, so I guess they look the same. But, um, yeah, if anybody doesn't remember, he won by default last episode. So, uh, yeah. Yay for him. <laughs> Message from True32000. Uh, oh, he didn't need, wait, Aspro didn't have a question? No, he just wrote in a comment. Right in question, motherfucker. <laughs> no, it's okay. He won. He gets the privilege of not having to ask something. But uh, this is a message from True32000. Do you think publishers... This is an interesting question. Do you think publishers ruined the game industry? I mean, now that gaming is ten times more expensive than it was last gen, people are depending on critical views and content for their money's worth. It destroys the purpose of just picking up a game and enduring every nook and cranny within its level design, game design, and story. Now it's... I don't get this. Now it's just based on little kids pointing out the important things for the game industry, but the actual question is, do you think this is true in what I'm saying? I don't quite understand half of the question. I think I understand it. Can can you translate for me, Al? What he's saying is that instead of people buying games that they like and just dealing with the flaws, they're following reviewers, which I'm guessing he's saying little kids uh, are, you know, the the reviewers, the critics are young. Which I kind of take a little offense to that, but okay. But wait, no, he um, said, do he, his question was, do you think publishers ruin the game industry? Yeah, that's why I'm kind of, that's why I'm like, like, kind of waffling on this, because is he talking about, what is his focus? But go ahead, Al, I, I trust oh, that you, I see what you I mean trust that, the publishers yeah. thing. Um, I trust that your magical hair can translate. Because it is magical. I think he means by the publisher comment is that publishers um, are charging more money for games. Uh, Right, Uh, right. Because he says, you know, now that gaming is ten times more expensive than it was. Oh, I see. Because it's more expensive that critics have no choice but to to focus on the important, like, the key aspects because, Uh, you know. People are now depending on reviews as opposed to just going out and buying. Like, right. You don't buy a $60 reading more impulse game. Yet. Exactly. And he says it destroys uh. the purpose of just picking up a game and enduring every nook and cranny with his level design. Um, uh. this is now it's just based on Lucas pointing out the important things from the game industry. I think what he means there is um, the only things that are selling are the games that are 9s and 10s and whatnot because... Um, those games fit the standard of you should spend your money on it. Right. right. And I, it, where a game can be a seven, like, um, well, I'm not going to use that game as an example, but um, uh, when a game right, is a right, seven... Right, right, yeah. Huh? No, 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 I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm saying I oh. understand. We're oh, saying you yeah, got this I, shit, Al. Oh, okay, so then I don't have to... I got a lot to say about this one. No, you don't have to continue. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm itching to comment on this. I If... What we're interpreting from this question is what Al said. I'm, I'm sorry. I should say. Right, let me rephrase. If what you're trying to say was Al is is what Al is saying, I'll ba- I'll base my answer on that. On what Al and I and Pete are understanding from your question. I what I take that to mean is not that would it be better off without publishers. I don't take it to mean that. What I take it to mean is have they done something to 
make it worse off than it already is? And I, I might say yes, but I, 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 I hold back on that. I'll, I'll, I'll give an example. Like, you, you talk about the way EA used to be. You talk the way, talk the way, talk about the way the Activision is kind of going now, mm-hmm. with milking their properties and not really focusing entirely on making the good game, but more on just putting out one every year. As Bobby Kotick said, we are going to quote-unquote exploit our licenses at least every other year. You Mm -hmm. know, just talk like that really burns me up inside. But at the same time, it's what makes money. And so is that really bad for the industry as a whole to survive? I don't know. So... Even that I'll take contention with, but like I, I, I hear you on that one. On the rest of this, a $10 increase doesn't or hasn't made us focus any more, I don't think, on critics' reviews than we have in the past where, where $50 was already a huge amount of money. It's not like, it's not like we went from $50 to like $100 a game, like we were buying Neo Geo games now. Mm-hmm. It's still a lot. It was, and it still is, a lot of money. It's always been a lot of money. Take a look back when uh, Chrono Trigger came out for the Super Nintendo. That shit cost eighty dollars, eighty dollars in pre-inflation dollars. I so that price, Toys R Us, man. Yeah, seventy-nine, motherfucking ninety-nine. Right, and and in this day and age, seventy-nine dollars translates to I don't even know how much because of inflation. But yeah. anyway, that's a whole other argument. But m- my point is that. I don't think the price. I don't think this this kind of price hike is enough to influence us, especially when we have a whole motherload of other options, such as um, th- th- there's a focus on bargain games, there's a focus on downloadable games, episodic content, which you can get for smaller amounts of money at a time. So even though the main retail games are sixty dollars a pop, you could still get really fantastic games for. Ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars. Retro game games for retro games for five dollars. Game tap games for for a subscription, a monthly fee. Uh, Steam is always the the highly publicized sixty dollar price point. I think masks all the options that we have. And so, no, I don't think that the price is, has affected our reliance on reviews, especially because reviews don't really sell games. I mean, look at look at what the what what, what reviewers are saying about Psychonauts. Oh, it's this fantastically funny game. It's a good step back to old school. Not old school, I'm sorry. It's a good 3D platformer with a unique charm, and everyone should try to play it. Didn't sell shit. Mm-hmm. They, they had to offer it free on GameTap at some point, right? Is that where uh, you got it, Al? Yeah, GameTap had it for free till December of last year. Oh, it was a limited time thing. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Um, you talk about something like, uh, I don't know. You could give a Pokemon game a low score, and people will buy it do exactly what you say, endure every nook and cranny of the game despite its flaw because it's Pokemon. So I really don't don't see where uh, where you're getting this from. Um, well, maybe, I want to jump in. His actual question. His actual question is, do you think that what he's saying is true? And that's what and I'm answering, and I said, and I'm saying it's not. Mm-hmm. That's my whole point. Like, I don't see where he's getting this from, though I, I, the reason I say it is because I'd like him to clarify where he might be getting this impression from. Um, because it, it could be out there. I mean, it could be out there somewhere, but like just from from our perspective, or at least from my perspective, like I don't see it at all. Um, but I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I wanted to say that uh, just based off what you were just saying right there, like the whole Psychonauts thing and stuff, um, it just made me think that it's like it's not really 
publishers or like anything like that or like the price points or whatever that are kind of like I don't like using the term ruined because I don't think the game industry is ruined um but uh that are making um I guess buying choices more uh critical or frugal or whatever uh because, like, the example I wanted to bring up was something like Valkyria Chronicles, because that's a mm-hmm. PS3 game. Yep. Um, that, uh, it's kind of like, I guess, I wouldn't want to say it's the new Psychonauts, but it is, it's getting high, high critical praise, and no one's buying it. Um, maybe because, you know, PS3 doesn't have a wide install base, but, like, from what I've been hearing critics say is that, like, anyone who has a PS3 and is into this type of game should buy this game. Like, they're, it's, they shouldn't even question it, they should just buy it. And I myself haven't even bought it, so I would say that if anything, it's like the game buying public or the players that are at fault because you know, I mean, not at fault. You know, you have to you have to be careful with in our in our tough economic times. You have to be careful with where you spend your money, but uh, like because of the price point of games and probably because of the you know economy and everything, people are gonna just go with their like with what is like like you said, like a nine or ten. You know, what is a guaranteed must buy and but also that has a like a name recognition to it like you know people pass up something like Valkyria Chronicles but go with something like um I I guess Call I'll of Duty with, what what Call of Duty just throwing it out there yeah like okay yeah they go Call of Duty World of War or something like that um which uh you know may not necessarily be a better game or like Resident Evil 5, like, I, I, I don't know, uh, Resident Evil 5 is probably, I mean, that just came out, and it, I bet you once the sales numbers comes back, it'll, like, have, like, insane sales numbers and stuff, and I'm not saying it's a bad game, I don't know, uh, I'm not really into the new Resident Evils, I'm probably not gonna pick up Resident Evil 5, cause I wasn't really that into Resident Evil 4, right, 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 um, but, uh, that's a game that, like, everyone will buy, because it's pretty much, it'll probably get high critical praise, and it's, like, a guaranteed, like, again, anyone who spends their money on it is knowing what they're going to get. And that's kind of, I think, what this guy's point is, is that, like, people don't just take a chance on a random game anymore because they don't know what they're going to get. Um, and I think he was trying to imply that because, like, the because the prices are higher and stuff like that. Like, um, I, I guess, I, see, I don't, I, that, you, like you said, he needs to clarify his question, but yeah. I'm assuming he's saying he's, I'm assuming it's all price related to publishers choosing to put things out at a higher price because of the cost of uh, game development now. But yeah. I just think it's like a circle thing, a circular thing, like like circle of life. <laughs> yeah, the publishers <laughs> have to make the price higher because you know because game development is more expensive, uh, and then we can't uh, we. The people in the again, I, I when I say these tough economic times, I'm putting it in quotations because like not everyone is feeling the sting of the bad economy. Like I myself haven't yet, but I'm not like knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, it's because um, you um haven't put yourself into the rut that most of the people who are really feeling it um are in. That's yeah, a good thing. I was gonna say like I'm not in any like position. It's not like I own a house or like have any like stocks or anything. Like so, I I can't really like. Well, comment not even that what about mega debt you don't have that um not mega debt no i have well, some debt but right. not mega, mega debt, debt <laughs> in comparison to your income if that's right. the case that's where you know it really kind of comes into play i right. think but, right. let's get back like, to what what you were saying about the okay. question so yeah anyway uh my point was that like because people are going through tough times and stuff like uh they are being more uh yes yeah, safe with their money and 
uh, only buying like safe games. So it's like that's what I mean by it's circular. It's like it's though, no one's fault. It's just the state of being right now. Though I don't know if it was. Di- I think he was talking. It sounds like he's talking about this generation as a whole, which began before the tough economic times. But see, like so. this generation as a whole, I think when the like okay when the console new consoles launched, people I think people did buy like like not so like you know guaranteed hit games. I think like. But that's just like that's the cycle. That's a product. Uh, yeah, a, a that's a product cycle. cycle. When, that's the yeah, way things go. Right. When stuff first comes out, you just buy whatever the hell you can get, and then as the systems age, you buy what you like. Know that you're gonna want to invest time and money into. And 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 I think that that kind of speaks to your point when not your point, but what your description of what he was saying that that um people just aren't really willing now to take the chance on that odd game that they would have before. I don't think they ever did. And when I say people, I mean the masses. I mean in general. People never did take chances on the, the tiny games. Like Yeah, it was only the hardcore players, really, that would... Yeah, it's like us, you know, but the mass market... I mean, that's why we don't have a Mr. Mosquito sequel. That's why the <laughs> only, that's why we only have, like, two or three Guitaru Man games. Yeah. But, like, and one had to come out on PSV because no one's going to buy it on the console. I mean, I'm not saying it should have come out or it shouldn't have. I'm just giving an example that people never really did pick up niche games off the bat. That's why they're niche games. And people, I think, and I think people, the DS is like the uh, place that that would happen. Because if anything, just because it has an install base and the probability is higher, and and the prices are lower and stuff. But like right. a game like uh, um, like the like uh, the world ends with you. Um, it's not really niche it, because it's Square Enix. It's not really niche, but it's niche enough that like it was like a new uh, property, you know, a yeah. new property and it sold like shit. No, it, here it sold amazing. Really. Yeah, in the U.S., like, they expected it to, I think, to sell better in Japan, and it sold like shit in Japan, but it sold amazing here. Uh, was it, am- wow, I didn't think it was amazing. I thought, I thought, I thought they were upset with that, with how it did, but Amazing going, probably for, like, probably for forecasted figures, not, not like, it wasn't like blowing away any sales charts probably, like, I don't know what it would, what it was like with NPD numbers and stuff, but I know, I remember hearing multiple times and probably reading places that they were, like extremely surprised at how well it sold in America and that it, that it did sell like shit in Japan, but that's my like I was just using that as a point that like that's a game that did sell surprisingly well in America for something that like they weren't expected to because it's not a uh, not a known name or a safe property yet. Um, but like that's why I was just using the DS as an example because stuff like that can fly on the DS where like if that game had come out on consoles, it probably would have like been completely looked over and not even thought twice about. I just inter- I know people are going to be looking this these sales numbers up just because that's what the internet does. So I'm going to cut I'm going to cut those people off right now and look them up. Let's see. I just looked it up. In Japan, in the, the of- game premiered as the second best-selling DS title during the week of July 27, 2007. Nearly 193,000 units were sold in Japan by the end of 2007. The World Ends With You sold 43,000 copies during April of 2008 in North America. These sales were better than expected. The first shipment of the game sold out in mid-May, and the second shipment was made in mid-June 2008. The game was the top-selling DS title the week of its release. Wow. And again, two weeks later. That's weird, because 43,000 doesn't sound like a too great of a number to me. That's what I meant. But, like, um, it wasn't blowing away sales charts. But, but I think but I'm, saying, but I'm saying it says it was a top-selling DS title, and that doesn't sound like a top-selling DS. So that must have been a weak month. Um, yeah. The World Ends With You has sold approximately 140,000 copies in North America and 20,000 in Europe. So Japan still beats it out, which is weird, which is because it's th- maybe, smaller. 
maybe they weren't so dis- I, I thought I remember hearing that they were disappointed unless they were expecting just like a shitload more in Japan or something because one it, million it is Square Enix I think they expect you know Japan to just eat up anything they put out right um but yeah I mean it, it, again on the whole little kids thing I want clarification on that because that's kind of ambiguous and vague I mean is he talking about critics is he talking about uh the audience that being people who buy the games who think that they know what's important and therefore they're driving what the publishers are giving to us. I, I need clarification on that because especially if he's talking about critics pointing out the important things from the game industry, well, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what a critic is. And if you take exception to that, then you basically have to take exception with every critic for every medium out there. You know, I mean, that, that, that they, they're there to point out what works and what doesn't. And that is what's important for games. What works? What doesn't work? So I don't see the contention there. But again, needs clarification. What What do you mean, my little kids? So, Al, uh, we have smothered you. Huh? I've got nothing to say. But you have everything. <laughs> you sound so Next downtrodden. Message. He's tired. He's sniffling now. He is no, downtrodden. That Pete. Yeah, oh, that's that probably Pete. me. That was probably you. You don't remember if you sniffled or not. No, I don't pay attention to myself. <laughs> that was me. All right. Um, let's see. Here is a uh, message from Edgy Buccaneer. Hey, kind of late on listening to episode 124 since Austin did not post it in his blog. Tisk tisk. Well, I did post that on the website, which is where you're supposed to go. And if you were a good listener, you would have subscribed to it on iTunes, so you wouldn't need to go to the blog. So, oh, SmackDown. I don't know where the tisk tisk is, but anyways. Uh, so here's a follow up a week late. About the monster team in Dragon Quest Eight, you can assemble it for arena fighting, but they are also especially useful as a tool in normal fights. That's good, since you can call the team up even on boss fights where it, where it can fight on its own for a bit, or act as cannon fodder, cannon fodder for more powerful enemy attacks. That that does sound that does sound pretty good. That sounds like an extension of what is happening in Five, uh, I think. Although I don't think in Five you necessarily build a team. I'll have to read up on that. Um, have either of you played Dragon Quest V in any way, shape, or form? <clears throat> nope. I haven't played a Dragon Quest game since, like... Ever. 1987. <laughs> oh, so you, so, so you did start with the original one when, when when you had just that one character walking around getting his ass kicked. Now you, now we gotta play the original just again, just to, you know, go back to it. Because after playing 4 and just sitting through that, I'm like, I wonder how this used, used to be. And I don't want to play 4 again, like on the NES version of 4, because I just went through the TS version, so... But, uh, yeah, so, Al, you haven't gotten to the team battling thing yet? No. Um, in 8? Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, how, um, fa- how far were you in it before, uh, before, uh, you decided to, to, uh, throw it into the closet and never release it again? Uh, well, the clock was at 20 hours. And okay. I was at some seaside town or something or other. I was still running around the city looking for something. I don't remember what it was. I'm not running around a city, running around the world. Right. Like finding right. new cities. cities, Finding new towns. Find new titties. Yeah, I don't know. I just... It does sound more interesting when you, when, when you phrase it that way, like being able to use a monster team. I just... I, I think it's the battle flow and the, and, and the resulting lack of character development that bothers me about the series, I guess. Like, are there are there any Dragon Quests out there with, like, a job system or an interesting like character development system or is 8 that one and I just don't realize it 8 has preset jobs 
So it's just gain experience, level up. Well, yeah, because you have like your one character that does primarily attacks and right your tank you know, melee and attacks, and then you have the person who's the magic yeah. attacker, and then the person who's kind of like the healer, and then someone right. who's uh, well balanced. Your main character is the one that's well balanced. Any skill trees or anything like that? Nothing customizable. I gotcha. I mean, the only reason why I'm being so snotty about it is because, like, ever... And this is... I know this is going to make me sound, like, prissy, but ever since Final Fantasy IV came out and introduced the active time battle system, it really upped the ante on... Uh, up the... Wow. It upped the ante. <laughs> it upped the... It upped the ante. The ante. <laughs> it upped the ante on what you should expect from battling. No. But, yeah, it, it, upped, it basically upped the ante for battles, and it's like, if your battles are going to kind of suck... Then you gotta give me something else, you know. And yeah. and that that I, I that sounds that's a, snootish, I know, but I just don't have the, the patience anymore for that type they, of thing. They, yeah. Huh? When it, when I was saying, I bet with the Japanese, when it comes to Dragon Quest, looking at the sales numbers, they don't want anything. Yeah, else. they just want it. Yeah, I know, I know. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, Dragon I'm not Quest complaining. But I'm not saying specifically for Dragon Quest either. I'm talking about for things in general. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, if Suikoden doesn't really present anything new in terms of like how how you advance and stuff like that. I I'm gonna have a tough time getting through it. Not enjoying it, but just getting through all of it in two sittings. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. That it is what it is. Let's see if anybody uh wait, the, you know what? This question uh, reminded me I had a question for Al. Yeah. Uh, I wanted Al, do you do you know anything like what do you know about Pokemon Platinum? Because I might get it since I have a DS again. Um well, have you ever played Diamond and Pearl? Yeah. I've spent over 200 hours playing that game. <laughs> Whichever one I had. <laughs> I think I had okay. Diamond. Um, have you ever played uh, Pokemon Crystal for Game Boy or Yellow? No, because before, Di- before Diamond, the last Pokemon game I had played was Pokemon Red. Ah, okay. So then you probably aren't familiar with the third game in the series. Basically, it's the same game as the first two. So the 200 hours you spent in Diamond would uh-huh. basically be, you know, replayed in Platinum. Except uh-huh. there's a new story arc or an enhanced story arc. There's um, different placements of things. Like, there's a whole different set of Pokemon that's available in this game that can be traded with the other two. And, um, what was I saying? Oh, and you get the opportunity probably to grab both of the icons of the game. It's usually how it is. Like an of the diamond and pearl? Get, yeah. You okay. have the opportunity to get like the red and blue. And diamond you get the opportunity and to get pearls. This. Okay, diamond. I'll probably pick it up then. Because like, yeah, like I'd spent like 200 hours with uh, diamond or whatever and I had like done all the online trading and basically had those two things and everything. And I had basically, I think I had almost every Pokemon that was, you know, just between like the, in the, not the national Pokedex, just a regular Pokedex before you get the national. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I wound up, like, right before I would have gotten to the national Pokedex, I, I ended up getting rid of the DS at that point and getting rid of that Pokemon game, which was stupid. I should have held on to it. Oh, you don't even have it. So, yeah, you, you should probably pick it up if you're interested in playing. Uh, yeah, I would definitely play through those, like, all that stuff again. And if it's, like, a new story arc or, like, an extended arc or whatever, like, that's fine. Because I really enjoyed my time with Diamond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now instead of the game focusing on uh, Dialga or Pakia, it's focusing on Giratina. Yeah. So that's that's the reason why you probably get the opportunity to get both 
of the Diamond and Pearl icons. Okay. And then, like, you can still do, like, all the tr- online trading, I'm assuming, with people who have Diamond and Pearl and everything anyway. Yeah, and then they probably added some new online stuff that you can do, too. Okay, cool. I will probably be picking that up then. That's all I wanted to know. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome, sir. Pokemon! Buy it now! <laughs> Did you find any other emails, Austin? Uh, no, just our spam. Angela, Austin. Angelina Lindauer asks if we're tired of being left behind. And the email says... Wait, is this from Jesus about the rapture or what? No, this is from Angelina Lindauer. <laughs> and, wow, uh, it's a whole bunch of code. I'm going to delete you now. <laughs> See, I'm not tired of being left behind, but I'm tired of being left for dead. <laughs> oh, fun pun. Uh, Negriano at lcsf.com says, Sleeping Beauty, which will probably describe all of us now because Al hasn't slept. I got home pretty late, and it's another one of these... Okay. Pink box? It's a green box now, and it says oh. top game sites, download free software, register free account, deposit and get best sign-up bonus up to $700. Game sites review. It's a poker thing, I think. And then uh, then we've got Georgina Decker saying, impressive row Lex for a loved one, because there's a white space between the row and the Lex. Uh, watch it be a pink box. Oh, it's not. All right, spam sucks. Let's move on. Loving yourself is the first step in loving life. And what better way to do it than by getting yourself a fine designer watch? So come visit Exquisite Reps, the famous watch portal where thousands of satisfied customers have already found that superb imitation timepiece for just a few hundred dollars. Ew. (laughs) Wow. I just just find it funny that they came out and said imitation. Yeah. Uh Do the imitation. That's fucking crazy. All right, let's uh, let's move on to not mailbag. All right, we're at the news, and we're all tired. News! News, yes. Uh, I, I want to go through, well, real quickly, since uh, since Al just can't contain himself, uh, we want to go through Al's jizz content first. <laughs> we don't want to go through it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I was a little slow on that one, but Here. yeah. So so let me, let me just offer some backstory, and Al, I'm going to call you out on this one because it's too funny. When we were putting together the bucket, Al happened to be listening to Jizz in My Pants from, what was the album called again? Uh, Incredibad. From the Incredibad album. And uh, instead of giving us news in the form of our normal bucket, which is just links, he decided to write his own Jizz in no, My Pants No, don't do first. it. Please. Do it. Do it. No. Do don't it. Don't do it. You know why? Because that's private. <laughs> that was only meant for you guys to see because I, I did that like... I like five, six in the morning at work. I wasn't even focusing. No. But this is great, though. No, I didn't get a chance to like click on the link to the video thing either because uh, I was at work and I didn't think it was probably you know safe for work. <laughs> it is. Oh, it it's is. It's just a regular ass music video with Justin Timberlake in it. But isn't the song called "Jizz in My Pants" or something? Yeah, it would probably say that. Yeah, it would say that really big black letters on the YouTube <laughs> screen. So maybe that's not safe for work. But the video itself is safe for work. Oh, okay. Why is this so personal? But okay, I, I just thought it, I just thought it was a masterwork of of songwriting. Not at all. 
Uh, but I, you have I, to. But it, it is. To you're the, too humble. Pace of the song, and it really wasn't really with the pace. I, I don't. Let's not do it. I, I'm going to post it on Try Games so that people can <clears> sing <throat> along to it with the video. Why? <laughs> it's like why? That'll teach you to ever send anything. Please. Yeah. No. All right. So go through your jizz. What's uh? What, what's the go first thing that you? Go through my jizz. Sure. What's the first um, thing that you saw that made you OMG? Well, the first OMG <laughs> was uh, that, you know, something I knew was going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to happen. So when they said it was going to happen and I didn't expect it, I kind of, everybody. Jizz my pants. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. a song went like that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the song does not go like that. Anybody who's listening, if you haven't heard the song, it does not go like that. But go ahead. The <clears throat> article states that Sega makes the U.S. release of virtual on Oratorio Tangram Voot. on Xbox Live Arcade official. Voot. So, um... Voot is one uh, better than Voot. Be getting that, and that'll come sometime this spring. Are, now, I didn't read it. I apologize for not reading the article, but because I thought I knew what it was about anyways. But are they doing anything to it like they did with Res? Like, are they up... Upresing it and like, re- like making some texture smoother. Or is it kind of like Soul Calibur where they just put it on? Uh, only thing I read here is that um, Jizz in my pants. it's a high def re-release. It's and a dick in it a box. It has online multiplayer for one-on-one matches, single player, and score attack. I gotcha. Okay. And what's the second uh, yogurt filling? Um, Pikmin <clears throat> Two is gonna come out on Wii, and I haven't owned it, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, I do own it, and so I'm not happy. Right. It's sitting there staring at me like, you ass. Why haven't you played me in the six six years that you've owned me? Jeez. Well, I have games older than Wait, 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 one second. Okay, let's see. GameSpot.com. Pikmin 2. Pikmin 2, August 30th, 2004, so I've owned it for four years. That's still kind of bad, four and a half years. That's still a little bad. And Resident Evil 5 got 8.5 from GameSpot and a 5 stars from Giant Bum and a B from 1UP. I don't know if that just randomly came up, but I was thinking about that because Resident Evil was on the front page and Pete was talking about Resident Evil. So there. Uh, okay, Voot and Pikmin 2. Now we go on to news news. Um, I found this um, this piece on Edge by the uh, Stardock CEO, uh, Brad Wardell, and the, the, the heading, the topic... Topic. The title of the uh, the blog is "Why the Age of Steam May Not Last," uh, and at first I thought this was going to be kind of like a why digital distribution might not last. So I instantly clicked on it. Then I found that he was talking about just Steam itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so to sum up the article, uh, he's basically uh, making an argument for why S- Steam, the service, won't be the do- not. I'm sorry, not won't be, but may not be the dominant service for years to come. Um, because he's saying that, uh, let, let's see, what are the examples that he sh- showed here? Oh, yeah, he, he cites an example, Counter-Strike 2. Uh, oh, Counter-Strike is an example for why it's doing well, but it's kind of like when people um, when, when people say, oh, Xbox Live is teeming with gamers, uh, playing everything, but all they're really playing is Halo 2. Backwards compatibility. Right. That, this is back in the back in the. Oh, you're days. talking about the, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about basically when, when like people he's saying how people will cite the success of a service, but it's really based only on one thing that doesn't necessarily have sustainability, which uh, you know it could be argued because Counter Strike is Counter Strike. Everyone's going to play Counter Strike, but that doesn't mean that people are going to buy new shit on Steam. Um, right. 
And then he also has the example of MySpace versus Facebook and how MySpace – he says – his last paragraph says, MySpace once looked unbeatable in the social networking world, but such premature assumptions look quaint in the age of Facebook. Um, so, yeah, that's, a, that's just a, a parallel that he's making. Um, I'm trying to see – okay, so he says, the real test for Steam will be how it does as it faces competition – as it becomes more common for titles to be released on multiple platforms at the same time. At that point, responding to customer requests, competitive pricing, and quality of service will determine its continued success. So if if it might be just as easy to get something on Xbox Live as it is to get on Steam, or let's say that the, um, what's it called, um, Games for Windows Live <laughs> gets good. Um, actually, I've heard that it's been getting a lot better. Um, that won't last. And in reading this, I mean, unless I'm missing something here, it's kind of like, duh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, of course every, of course nothing is safe. I mean, take a look at Sony and how Nintendo basically threw them off the heap after Sony itself threw Nintendo off the top of the heap. You know, it's 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 an ever cyclical thing or something. You, what, what what say you guys? While I try to see if I can understand this article a little better. Do you want me to go into a rant? You two can uh, fight it out. For the rant. Uh, no, he's going into a rant. I I really don't have anything to think of this <clears throat> article is cut and dry. Okay. Go okay. ahead, Pete. I'm going to read more. Okay. I think this guy is dumb. No, not really. But uh, um, I think he's... See, this is... Digital distribution is, like, not comparable to other things because it's something new. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. But anyway, okay. I'm going to assume that all the people in the world are like me. Um, and Which they are, most certainly are not. No, they are. Um, everybody is like me because I'm awesome. So the way oh, I God, work I, I is fear for that, the world then. What's that? I said I fear for the world then. <laughs> uh, the way I am is that once I decide to go with Steam, I'm pretty much locked into Steam now for my digital distribution needs um, until the day Steam closes down, because which I'm hoping never comes, because I do not want to have, like, different games through different digital distribution accounts and like have to log into different services to access different games. I want everything centralized. That is the great thing about Steam is that you can buy different games from different publishers in one centralized location. You just pop open your Steam application and there are all those games. And it's nice having a nice big list in your Steam games window of all these games that you own. Um, plus there's the fact that Steam like unlike certain other dig- digital, dis- digital distribution methods allows you to like go on a different computer, re-download those games. Like, as long as you have your Steam account and it's not, like, banned for any reason, you can access those games from any computer at any time, uh, re-download them as many times as you want, things like that. Well, um, while you're going, or actually before you go on, uh, uh, let me just, I should probably introduce the article better than, better than I did. It looks like he's responding to another article on Edge, mm-hmm. which called itself Age of Steam, and it seems like they're implying that Steam, exactly what I just pasted there, Steam's early lead in digital distribution translates to permanent dominance. So that's where he's, uh, that's where he's coming from. I don't know whether or not that changes your perspective. It probably doesn't, but that's just hopefully that offers more clarity on what he's saying. I don't want to sound so pig-headed to say that they're going to have permanent dominance, but they're going to anyone who's pretty much using them now is going to stick with them. I think. Um, when since digital digital distribution has not taken off completely yet, like as more and more people come into the like decide to 
to start buying things through through this market, they may decide to use a different service other than Steam. And I think it's the kind of thing that once you decide to pick a service, you're going to probably stick with that service. Like anyone I know who uses Steam now, if a game is released on a different service, like I've asked companies myself, like not company, okay, I I've asked like people I can ask. Um, off the top of my head, one of the things was uh like I asked Gabe from Penny Arcade. Uh, when they were releasing their games on their greenhouse platform, when is it coming to Steam? Because it was at that point when uh, Penny Arcade Episode 1 was about to be released, they didn't actually announce that it was going to be on Steam yet. They'd only announced it for, like, uh, I think they announced the Xbox Live Arcade version and PSN version, and uh, that they were releasing it on PC on their greenhouse digital distribution platform. Right. And his response was, you know, just wait a couple of weeks, you might get a pleasant surprise because they know that anybody that uses Steam is going to want to wait for these games to come out on Steam. Sure, sure. Um, However, l- let me let me also emphasize again, he's not saying that it's like that it's not going to last. He's just saying that the article to which he's responding is a little bit short-sighted in automatically saying, "Oh, it's going to last." And he's saying like, "Let's let's pump the brakes. It probably it probably could, but this is not an this is not a a, a truth." Yet, because we have all these other factors to consider, that okay, this other um, article. May I'm just not pointing have... out. I'm pointing out factors for why it might last, um, like why anybody who's already signed on to Steam is going to stay with Steam, and anybody who like the thing. Like, I guess the, <clears throat> I guess to be- kind of make a better point than what I'm saying would be that uh, with Steam's early dominance, it's more likely that people. Who are looking to get into start buying things through digital distribution will ask other people who already are what service they use, and if they say Steam, that's probably and explain all the stuff that I'm explaining. It'll push more people to Steam. Um, plus, there's just the fact that like uh, he he his he was trying to say in there that competition is what's going to really determine it, but even competition doesn't matter to I think when it comes to digital distribution because oh. honestly, if if another digital distribution platform sold a game cheaper. I would still buy it through Steam because I would rather have it through Steam, which I'm already a member, like already using. Um, I, and I, any I any features that other things implement, like Steam is already like one step ahead. Like even if they don't have a plan, they'll pretty much you know uh, they patch Steam and in, and introduce that stuff. They did it when Games for Windows Live was coming out. They were like, okay, here's some free friend lists and all this other jazz that they're making you pay for, like because Valve knows that they have to keep offering stuff for free and they're they're not going to just rest on their laurels if people try to compete with them they're going to you know keep stepping up too fair enough but games for I'm just a live, huge valve slash steam fanboy right and that's what i think you, you we need to caution you here about is that you, you kind of you said something right there that just made me like turn my stomach when you're like features and competition don't really matter and maybe I'm misquoting you, but that kind of it, do, it does matter. It when you said that you'd rather wait for the game to come out on Steam, even if it came out cheaper on another platform, I'd go for the other platform right yeah, away. See, I wouldn't because I I mean it depends on how much cheaper it is. If it's like if say it's like a substantial difference, like if a game was released on Steam for sixty dollars and came out somewhere else for forty dollars, that is a twenty dollar difference. Um, of course, for me, I'd probably just wait for Steam to drop the price. I would just not buy it because I don't want to have like I don't like buying games through the EA Store because I don't want to oh, have another. I, I totally get that. I totally, I totally get that. But the, my my point is like when when you began by saying I'm going to assume the whole world is like me, which probably was a joke. But yeah, that was the a pers- joke. You got to realize that that's a perspective that you're coming from. Not like we. We are, 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 are all different. Us three already are different enough. And I can see what he's saying in that it's 
Like, yes, it's you're right. It's probably likely that Steam will be the leader, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a runaway. Like, I was starting, I was starting to get interested in what Amazon was was thinking about. I haven't read up on it yet, though. But it's, all the other things that are coming out, or or all the other methods like like good old games or or or, um, or game tap, which I actually still use probably as frequently as Steam. The only reason why you see them on Steam all the time is because it already logs on. Right. But like. I'm going to go where the content and the prices are fair. And right. you're not. You're going to go for Steam because you like its features. Yet other people might not might not use either of those services. They might, they might go elsewhere. And so I'm saying that like the differentiating features are pretty important. I yeah. mean, Steam will probably have their own versions of all the features that come out. Yeah, they're they're good at that and you know, I think that they deserve all their success, and I personally do think that yes, they will be the market leader. Like you, I think I just don't think it's as cut and dried because there are so many things that can factor in. Even though digital distribution is new, it's still a type of it's still a business model that has to. I don't want to say conform because you know it's you're right, it's new model, but like there are certain things in all business models that will kind of remain true. You, you you are actually an example of that in that you will stay with Steam regardless of other features because you are it seems you are brand loyal, which is not a bad thing. Which is but this concept is true for all business models. There See the are, funny thing I was just gonna say the funny thing is I'm not really brand loyal. It's just the fact that I like I, I when I said that everyone's like me, I was making a joke because I know not everyone's O C D like me, but that's it. It's just that <laughs> I have O C D in that because I started with Steam, I want all my sure. games in Steam. Sure. No, I, I, that's totally fair. I'm just saying that like it, there's so many things that go into this, and like uh, reading this again, I realize now that I took it out of context. Like it really was him just saying, and this is my fault for introducing the article improperly. But it's him just saying they Edge wrote this piece, and usually they don't jump to conclusions like this, and I don't know why they're jumping to that conclusion. Yeah. So you know, and yeah, I, think, I understand I think what the, he's saying too. And I was just joking when I said he was dumb. No, I no, I got that because he, <laughs> I mean, he's a Stardock dude. Stardock is pretty yes. successful, but Stardock like, yeah, is, I, I think the MySpace. Cool. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, Stardock is cool. I like those guys. I think the yeah. I I, I haven't played one of their games yet, though. I think I'm too stupid for their games. Oh but, yeah, um, I've tried Galactic too, and I am way too stupid for that. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think his MySpace Facebook thing is kind of the epitome of 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 the example here. Wow, See, that's what I'm saying. When English. you can't compare it to other things, though, because MySpace and Facebook, like social networking stuff, is completely different than digital distribution. You're not right, paying that's, for that, that stuff. I, I understand that, but it still comes down to. I don't think he's making a direct comparison to, oh, uh, Steam is like MySpace, and this other thing is Facebook. Again, what I was saying is that there's a business model that while things are always different in different business models, there are a few things that remain constant that you as a business need to make sure that you take into account. And MySpace and Facebook are businesses, and they do certain things in a certain way, and the fact that one was able to overcome the other comes down to certain things that remain true in all businesses, you know? So that that's what I'm saying is that that was the perfect example of that is just in how dominant MySpace was and how dominant Facebook is now. Not to say that, oh, Facebook did it this way, and so that if other companies do it this way, they're going to overtake Steam. No, just completely on a very pure, on the very purest example of the dominance of one online service that got trumped by another. That's all I'm saying, and that's all he's saying. That that that's all. I'm not comparing like MySpace has friends lists, which it does actually. So that's stupid. So I'll just stop there. But um, Al. Yes. 
Yes. Do you use <laughs> Steam MySpace book? What? <laughs> I said Steam MySpace book. What about it? I asked you if you used it. I'm just Steam? I'm just trying we're just trying to let people hear your voice because they love your baritone. Al does use Steam. But I you're know asking this. me these really effed up questions. I have no <laughs> idea what you're asking me. He's asleep. No, no, no. I combined MySpace, Steam, and Facebook into one brand. Oh, well, I don't use that. That's why I'm I said. That's why I said guy. Steam MySpace book instead of MySpace, Steam, and Facebook. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Next article. Um, this is kind of puzzling. Lionsgate thinks that we may have a video service by the end of 2009. What? <laughs> um, we? As in we the people? No, uh, as uh, in we the people. As in, as in the revolution. Um, the we can do a surprising number of things considering its relative lack of power, but streaming movies and television is definitely not one of them. Lionsgate, think, Lionsgate thinks that may be changing soon, though. This is by Cat Bailey on One Up, owned by UGO. The thing that is clearly a force in digital are the games devices. I think when we see the Wii come into the market with the ability to stream movies, which I think is maybe going to happen as soon as this year, I think that's going to be a big market play for digital distribution. Digital distribution, Lionsgate president of digital media, Kurt Marvis, told Variety's Technotainment. I, wow, I, I hate having to read sentences like that because it's grammatically correct, but it's so hard to read. Mm-hmm. Um, you think this is going to happen? Well, uh, I like this one line here. The Wii cannot handle high-definition content, and the lack of storage space would essentially ensure that all content would have to be streamed, potentially lowering the quality. Right, right. Um, I mean, while I probably don't mind having to stream all my movies in 480p, uh, I can stream my movies with Netflix... I think in 720, depending right. on the movie. Like if it usually they're all um, upscaled anyway, but some of the movies are really old and they don't get upscaled. But I, Netflix streaming is like it's it looks great. I just question the likelihood of this happening because of the hardware. It's it's, it's exactly exactly what you just said. It can't handle high def. Um, now the thing is that a lot of the people who own Wii's probably don't even. Uh, I don't think they no, need this. That's, no, no, no. That's actually... I'm jumping to a conclusion here. Let me back up. Because now that I think about it, the people who own Wii's and don't care about high def, I think that a, a large large consideration needs to be made for the fact that these are people talking... This is when you're talking about video games. They don't really care if you can see the sweat on Shaq's forehead when you're playing NBA 2K. Because they don't care about that shit. They care about, like, oh, what can I play with my family? But when it comes to television or something that they really uh, just want to kind of sit down and make it work, right? I feel like if I, f- I feel like they kind of would want to have their high def TV put to good use if they were I think going to. Everybody stream. is like that when it comes to movies and stuff. Like, yeah, like yeah, many people would be is. like, I don't really care if my games are in high def or whatever. But yeah, movies, it's like if I can have it in high def, I want it in high right. def. There, there's something about I think the. Um, the the pseudo realistic nature of video games versus the the real <laughs> realism of of you know television content yeah and movie content you know it's like I I guess a good example would be this if I was watching Family Guy on a big screen TV I could put it in any like I could watch it on Fox um, actually let me let me rephrase that because before I didn't have HD cable so I was watching all television on regular squished blurry cable. 
So mm-hmm. when I was watching Family Guy on regular cable, not not a problem. You know, I was fine with it. But when 24 came on, it was like, ugh, I really wish I had HD cable. So yeah. that's, that's just me, though. That's just me. I don't know. Would would you guys use uh, a Wii streaming service if it had one? See, if I just want to say, I'm going to go quick. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, I don't have a Wii, but even if I had one, I also have the PS3. So, right. And then I also have Netflix streaming. And right, right. It's like, I think the problem is that anybody who has Wii pro- probably has an alternative method of streaming videos. So that's what right. I think it's late in the game now for we to even be right. bothering implementing this. Well, I mean, I think it's fine for them to 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 bother if from a timing perspective because I mean, like if they can do it with a with a business model that doesn't really uh, have too many things that that if they can do it without too much to lose, like right? If, yeah, if, I guess if, it's if true. It, it's like if, why if it fails and they don't really take a huge hit, then it was worth the shot. But I think that it's not that it's late in the game; it's that it's the wrong hardware for it, you know. But they're gonna have to dish out because like aren't they gonna have to pay licensing fees or whatever to get yeah. this stuff on their services? Yeah. It's like yeah, I mean it, it. It all that's why I said it's it, it's all you know if they can do it without taking too much of a loss, or if they see if they see it as a reasonable risk to take for their business, you know if there's a way that they can finagle that, then sure. It's just that I don't think the box is necessarily the ideal thing for that. And you know, yeah. thing they should pump more money into. Getting out more games on Virtual Console and shit instead of this. Yes, where is my Virtual Console? But anyway, Al said something. I'm sorry. I said, and you know what I think? What do you think? We're talking about Nintendo here. That's true. And this is, I mean, not Nintendo Iwata saying that we're talking about Nintendo here for the purpose of saying that Nintendo is a company that, first off, is focused on games. They're not focused on making their console able to play movies in any form. The Wii doesn't even play DVDs. Right. They yeah, wasn't got... that supposed to be implemented yeah. at some and then point? They, yeah, and then they took it out. They're like, why, you know, why why should should we bother making you spend for DVD capability when you can get it from, you know, your DVD player? No, I'm, yeah, saying, they're saying, I'm saying even post-launch. Have. Weren't they going to do something about that? There was there were rumors. I don't know rumors. if that was actually, they were actually substantiated. Right. And on top of that, um, and on top of Nintendo focusing on uh, games in their devices, I think that they're slow to, well, not slow, but they're resistant to change. Yeah. You know, they. Dragon Quest! That's Square Enix. Um, uh, it's Japan, I mean. Oh. Uh, you know how, like, the only place that actually. Wait, I'm trying to think if this is right. Is the IQ capable of playing movies? The, the, the GameCube they sent the uh, distributed in China or whatever. I don't know. That's a good question. Keep keep talking. I'll find I out. I think that there was. I think that that was capable, but I think that that was just um, related to piracy. Oh, like, that was the reason well, why then. it was able to. Like they always make those special um, arrangements with China with the IQ because of piracy. But in America and Japan, they're like, well, everybody's got a DVD player of some sort in their house. We want to make something that's affordable that just plays games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was also going to mention something about <clears throat> uh, high def movies, like you were discussing, not minding playing games on uh, standard def or whatever. Hey, hold or, that thought. Hold that yeah. thought. Um, I'm not seeing anything about movies in the Wikipedia page. 
but I mean, they could have just missed that. But just I just wanted uh, I follow up on that about one. The IQ. There was something that was special about it that a regular a standard game you couldn't do. That's basically. Uh, let me see if you'll if you'll indulge me just really quickly. I'll try to read it. The system also goes under the Chinese name of Shen Youji, literally meaning divine gaming machine. Well, half a in there. The console itself takes the form of a controller, plugs directly into the television. Games for this console are stored on a 64-meg flash card, which is contained within a cartridge that plugs directly into the controller console. Games are purchased at a special IQ depot, where games may be downloaded onto the cartridge and played later, in a similar manner to the Famicom disk system. And I guess that's how they're trying to circumvent piracy, is that the only place... you can't copy disks. Yeah. Um, ah. Demo games that come with the IQ include a bunch of N64 games. <laughs> it sounds like the hotel shit. Yeah, I know. These uh, Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64, and Star Fox 64. Mm-hmm. These demos are limited time. So I guess what, they, what the Cube couldn't do, that this could, was download games from a kiosk. I don't know. Maybe. I guess. Maybe. Uh, Go back, back to your thought. I'm sorry about that. What I was saying was, um, in relation to the not minding playing games in standard def and wanting to watch movies in high def. Sure. Um, I was really feeling the pain when I had to send my Xbox back and I had to watch my movies on my PS2. Oh. Because of, of the fact that even with the component, I thought component cables were going to make it a little better, but it doesn't really make it that much fresher. Than, than um, a regular... Uh, right, than a regular... running it in 720, where the the Xbox runs in 720... The PS2 probably, I guess, it still runs it in 480p. 480p, yeah. And it, but you were it saying component even... cables versus the red, the the RCA cables. Were, uh, were you yeah, were you previously used? Oh, so you were previously using, um, the regular. I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. and I I had used the RCA cables, uh, and then bought the component cables for the new TV. Right. Right. Okay. But the quality of the picture still looked the same. Really? Yeah. That sucks. So, I thought I thought at least the colors would be sharper. Well, the colors are a bit sharper, but it's still grainy. Mm-mm. You know, still low res. And then you pop the same disc into the Xbox, and everything is so much sharper. And that's yeah. just because it's um, upscaled. And I really do enjoy the high-definition movie watching. Right. Even de- streaming from Netflix and whatnot. And it, it's gotten to the point where sometimes the DVDs that I want that I won't get because I can actually, since I have cable and HD DVR, I can just use the DVR and watch it in 1080 and, oh. and watch it in 1080 as opposed to watch it in 720. Right, right. So, um, yeah, have, having the Wii have uh, this kind of service is wasteful. Yeah, I mean, I hope uh, if this were to come to fruition, hopefully within that, like, one zillion person um market like installed base mm-hmm. <clears throat> there still are people who don't really have or want an, a, a high def tv yeah so i guess i mean I, i'm not saying i'm not saying that like this is what they should strive for but i'm i'm saying that maybe there is a market out there so i mean we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. um any any trailing thoughts from you or from the pitoria no nope. i have a trailing thought my trailing thought is 
if they do implement the service, please don't do old movies. Because I'll just <laughs> put it in the grave. I mean, at least try and do some new movies. The original King Kong from 1930-whatever. <laughs> what Netflix has. Like, they have a lot of old... Well, when they started back in November, when they had the... It was November, I think, with the new Xbox. Yeah. Back in November, they really had a lot of old movies and not too many newer ones. I think they still do, but they're expanding the collection. Mm. But really, it's like a lot of movies from the 80s. A lot of movies from the early '90s. Those kind a of movies. A couple rock. of movies from recently. Not a couple, like two, but you know, not. Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> I mean, I prefer to watch '80s, '90s movies than newer movies. Sixteen candles. Sorry, I, yeah. I'd rather watch a lot of those movies on a download basis. To tell you the truth, like I'll I'll use my subscription for movies that just came out. And then I'll use the streaming to watch old. Oh, I see what you mean. No, I see what you mean. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like you don't want to pay a subscription fee for like all you get is eighties and nineties movies. But if it came out and you could download it for like a dollar, then you'd do that. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying that being that Netflix is not only the streaming service, but it is the disc service. Right. I get the discs, and those are new movies. Like I have Max Payne sitting on. My I see. Table you, okay, right now. I see what you mean. Yeah. But okay. on the Xbox, oh god, you have Max stuff Payne. like, yeah, because I wanted to see the unrated version, and oh, I didn't want to buy it. Um, so on the Xbox, by comparison, I have stuff like um, Boondock Saints and mm. Justice for All, mm-hmm. and um, Dan in Real Life. You know, just that's the range. That's a big ass range of movies there. And then they had, uh, I don't know if they have it anymore, but I saw Evil Dead on mm. the streaming. But they don't have Evil Dead Two or Army of Darkness, so I have to get those on DVD. Yeah, that does suck when they don't, when they do that. Mm-hmm. Or like if they have the like like later versions for streaming and not the earlier ones. Yeah, like I think there's some franchise or like series where they do that. Uh, I can't think of some off the top of my head, but like yeah, you can watch yeah, like the I, sequel I, I on streaming, s- but the first one you need to get DVD. Yeah, I I can also mention that uh like the very first thing I looked at when I got Netflix on the 360 was Quantum Leap. But oh, yeah, Quantum Leap. Wow. I think it was the very first episode of Quantum Leap was you know streaming blah blah blah. I saw a couple of episodes of that, but then the next season was on disc, and then the season after that was on streaming. I'm like, what? yeah, see that's so stupid. Uh, I have a I have a quick question before we move on, and we should mm-hmm. probably move on. Yeah, we should. Yes, we on. should. <laughs> but. How does that Netflix work? And by that, let me specify my question. If I have a Netflix subscription for disc, my, it's actually my sister's subscription, mm-hmm. and I connect it to my Xbox, does do the queues interfere with each other? So, like, if she orders movie A on disc, and then I queue up movie B, does that knock? Does that like go to the end of her queue such that I'm not going to get to stream movie B until I- I'm asking this because I have no idea. Streaming like doesn't interfere with disc-based movies. You can stream at any point. Okay, so you have a streaming... You have two separate queues. And you have a disc. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I could I could, I could, could queue up as many disc movies as I want and queue up as many streaming movies as I want. Well, you queue up everything from the PC anyway, and right. then the only thing you can access from your 360 is your instant watch queue, which is just the streaming stuff. Okay, so I can queue... So oh, Okay, so basically, I can queue up something and have... What I'm saying is, if she wants to watch a movie and she gets it on disc... Like that's not going to interfere with me wanting to watch something on my Xbox, right? Absolutely, right. Not. Okay, because I'm just making sure. Cues. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's yeah. Like she I could mean. be, she could, you know, order. Uh, what's a movie? Um, the movie. 
American movie. I don't know. Okay, sure. Yes, you could order American movie for to you know come in the mail through disc, and then while that's coming or whatever, you could have queued up uh, sixteen candles in your instant watch and uh, jump on your three sixty and watch it. And then the time it takes her to get that one movie and watch it, you could have you know streamed a hundred. I could have I could have watched twenty eight candles. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wish that just as a quick side note, I wish Netflix had an option to for a cheaper subscription fee where it was just streaming and no discs. Mm. I think that it would be, be a chip because their their collection is not big enough. I think to but I'm okay with just <laughs> watching whatever they do have for streaming. Like if I can't watch something streaming, I I it sucks, but like I'll get over it. They they might want to wait until their collection grows and then they may yeah. do that. And I think that they should also wait until their their licenses are a lot longer because they have licenses that expire in four five months or whatnot. You basically can have a, a movie on the queue, and if you don't yeah. watch it, it'll expire or like April first. Like I gotta watch uh, end of days. It usually gives you 1st. plenty of warning though to let you know that the expiration's like a few months out though. Yeah, but if you're somebody like me, <laughs> who doesn't really watch movies that often and has like sixty something discs queued, but that's mainly because Evelyn is a new Twenty Four fan, so she's got like. All the seasons well, on. Okay, okay. Right now, stop the podcast and go watch that with her because that's the best show on TV. Bar none. I can't. I'm sorry. You're um, horrible. You're a horrible I'm human sorry. being. Um. <laughs> anyhow, she's got those discs queued up on the um thing. She has automatically earned status as best person in the world. But go ahead. <laughs> um. I, I would like to mention that we have lost a member. Oh no. Oh no. And I thought it was me for a second. I thought you kicked me off because I said what I said about 24. Yeah, I should drop you just for that, though. <laughs> I, I should like, drop oh, you just for, for, you know, for, but um, we're going to invite him back. Um, all right. But what I, was, what I was in the middle of saying was that um, she's got all of that blah, blah, blah. And then I have this um, instant queue of, like, 20-something movies, right? But I don't get to watch them, so... They expire. Like, I wanted to watch Basic Instinct, and it expired. I was pissed. Basic Instinct. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's going to be funny. Oh, God. Uh, all right, let's, let's actually move really quickly um, for, the, uh, for the other news pieces. I think they're still worth mentioning, but uh, we're, we're running out of time. So we have another one um, from 1UP. This is by Dustin Quillen. It says, Donny Harrison talks to Beatles, rock band. In a recent Billboard interview with Donny Harrison, son of the Beatles, George Harrison, the young musician spilled his guts on everything from his reluctance to follow in his father's footsteps to his involvement in the upcoming Beatles rock band. I took the project to Apple and sort of convinced everybody to have a presentation. My job description is being enthusiastic. <laughs> We've been working on it for the past two years. This is the first one that is going to be totally historically accurate. It's been a real headache, but it's been the most enjoyable work I've done in my life. Um, so let me just really quickly um, do... Actually, let me ask you guys first. Do any of you know anything about Rock Band Beatles? The $250 exclusive yeah. instrument set. <laughs> and it's got... And then I know, it's, game I know it's got this band in it that people seem to like. Yeah, that I have absolutely no connection to. I was trying to look up on Giant Bomb because it's supposed to be the encyclopedia of everything uh, about like what made it unique besides the Beatles' involvement. I thought that there was something like about oh there was non, something that non-gameplay was about... content or, or yeah. at least something about like, oh, it'll take you through the life's 
the life of the band and the, their careers and all that stuff. And I was like, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to work. Yeah, I think I remember reading something about that somewhere, but I don't like the Beatles enough to really care. But basically, it's supposed to have some kind of like, I guess, uh, video interweaving type of thing where we kind of live through the Beatles and whatnot. I don't like, know. You and get then high. there's songs that haven't been released or something like that coming out. And here's here's a possible citation needed, but the last sentence of this giant bomb article says, Donny Har- not the article, the uh, encyclopedia entry, Donny Harrison has let slip that the game will also feature never-before-heard tracks. So that yeah, might be... That's, that's one thing. Uh, in this oh, it is. subtitle of the one of expect stuff that has never been heard. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, I didn't even... Uh, didn't catch that. Okay, um... Next story, uh, Resident Evil 5's versus multiplayer DLC is not free. And then it's followed up by Capcom defending it, <laughs> saying, mm-hmm. all the versus mode makes use of the assets that exist in the game. The functionality is not currently in the game and is above and beyond the initial scope of Resident Evil 5. We have never included a versus mode in Resident Evil before, and as well as the cost of development of the feature, there's also additional bandwidth costs associated with it. I hope this helps clarify the need to charge for this additional feature. Wait a minute. I I, I have to kind of <clears throat> um just mention one thing here. Yep. They they've never included versus mode in Resident Evil. I understand that. Um but the cost of development, all right, I understand, but the additional bandwidth costs associated with it. Does that mean that in Microsoft's case they have to pay Microsoft for the bandwidth that would potentially be used for this game's versus mode, right? Or is, is or, that is that something that's standard I'd, in games that have uh, online multiplayer? I, I don't know. I mean, I thought that I I don't know. I I thought that was part of the agreement with Xbox Live is that you know you use our service, you have to conform to our rules, and that that's pretty much it. Like I don't I don't know if they have to pay extra, you know. Mm-hmm. Just to have multiplayer, which which makes I don't know. That's weird. Well, that's what they're saying. It's additional <clears throat> bandwidth costs, saying that they're paying Microsoft and Sony. I would assume Sony too. Um, they're paying them for the usage of the online multiplayer because I, I I guess as opposed to having just like online leaderboards and all that other standard crap. Um. The there's more bandwidth being used, especially if the game is popular and a lot of people playing it. Um, that means... I, I was kind of saying that because <coughs> I didn't know if they were planning on hosting their own servers or they were, you know, going to be using as a conduit the server, you know, right. Xbox Live. But I don't know, does Sony even have a, you know... That kind of the the word I used before. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> Serve do they don't have a service that has um server resources and whatnot like Xbox Live, do they? I I don't know. Pete? What are you saying? <laughs> does Sony have for online multiplayer like a uh centralized server type of thing or does every company that comes out with a game have to provide their own resources I'm for online multiplayer? Pretty sure. See, I don't know because I'm pretty sure. Like first party, I'm I'm assuming Sony, you know, handles themselves. Like because Killzone, 
uh, too, I'm pretty sure has like Sony dedicated ser- like it probably is a server farm somewhere. Mm-hmm. But um, like I don't know for other games because I don't really play much online. Like EA obviously has always done their own thing anyway. Um, I really don't know for other games. Like Little Big, no Little Big Plans first party. I can't really yeah, you can't tell really. you. Well, I know. What I'm saying I mean, that. it's definitely not peer to peer stuff like Xbox 360. Um, it is like companies I think either just provide their own servers or Sony hooks them up or something. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if they have to provide their own bandwidth of servers for the PS3 DS DLC, I can kind of see this going away like Resident Evil Outbreak. Resident Evil Outbreak, you can't play online anymore. They right. On the servers. And, yeah, that that's know, the... That's the like the benefit. Obviously, is better bandwidth. The hor- the non benefit <laughs> would be is that it can when end. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that they don't do that. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's still fucked up. It's even more fucked up. That usually, the thing with that stuff is though. Usually, that like they don't take down the servers until like the community drops off to a certain point. So it's Resident Evil Five. People are gonna want to play this. I don't think they'd have to worry. Well, true, but then there's, uh, you know, years down the line. Like for example, I personally are you really gonna go back out, go back and play Outbreak today? I could. It's on my shelf. But, I'm not. <laughs> but you wouldn't. But the thing point, is, I but... can play it by myself, sure. But if I wanted to play it with a friend of mine, I can't. I don't know. But, I usually but, think but I, that's Outbreak. I think, the, I think that once they get to that point, it's usually past the point of anyone really caring anymore, except for mm-hmm. freaks like you, apparently. <laughs> well, it's nice to be able to go back and play what you want when you want. I mean, you should have, as a consumer, you should have that choice. But I, I actually was not paying attention to that, to what you guys are just saying because oh, well, I was, I was. You're, th- you're right. I should be able to <clears throat> pop in a game and be able to play it online and even see that there's nobody on. If I popped in Quake Two, I can still pull up servers, but that's just because their servers maintain, you know, by people. Right. Um. That. I, maybe they're still paying for it, or maybe not. It is part of uh, combined bandwidth or whatever. But <clears throat> technically, I could still get a Magic Quake 2 on. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I can't play uh, Resident Evil Outbreak online anymore. Because right. Capcom decided that they can't um, maintain their servers because yeah. I guess not enough people are playing it. Or they just. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. the the reason why I said I wasn't listening is because I was thinking about do I really mind paying five dollars extra for versus content? And I started th- and I was just trying to think about how I feel about that. And it's like I know that Kakon hasn't done it before, mm-hmm. but we're already talking about a sixty dollar game mm-hmm. which is sitting on the shelf next next to not even not even just the numbers, I'm saying we're talking about a full retail price game that sits next to other full retail price games that have this mode in there for even the shittiest reasons. Like, maybe that's not a justifiable reason, but like, when. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 50, I'm gonna go kill this guy, 50. Hey, 50. Yo, 50, I'm gonna get a vitamin water. You want some 50? Hey, 50. All right, 50. Yo, hit this motherfucker right, 50. <laughs> um, if anybody doesn't know, go watch the 50 cent review on uh, Giant Bomb. Please. But, um, but yeah, like. Metroid Prime's multiplayer was kind of dinky, but it was there, and it's yeah, like it's and like it I'm talking about Metroid Prime Two for GameCube. If anyone's questioning, but it's like 
they put it in there because people wanted it, and then, like, they they had never done a Metroid multiplayer because that's not what the game is about. But they decided to put it anyway, and you know they could have charged fifty four ninety nine for it if they wanted to, but they did. It's a it's a very tenuous comparison, so I'm not holding to that. That's why I'm still waffling. But I I'm kind of like on the one hand, like. They're right. Like, they have to make extra content. Not content. Not assets. But they have to program in extra stuff. And they have to do something that wasn't planned originally. And it is coming out after retail release. And it's something that Resident Evil has never done before. So I get that. But uh, I also just think that it's a little bit... It's something that people are used to getting for free. And I shouldn't say for free, but it's something that they're used to getting included. Um, No, not even. It, it, it's in something a game. that it, it, at least PC gamers are used to getting for free. Let's not, you know, let's bring back Quake, too. Right, right. And they're uh, what I forget what they called it, but right. oh, but I, point I, release. It's it's. I always just go back and forth between the yeah, that's a rip, versus a rip. but would you rather not have it at all? You know, would you yeah. rather have? Would you rather them have pushed back the game? for something that you might not have wanted in the first place because Resident Evil's not about that, you know? So it's like, I don't I don't know where to side on this. Like, again, I mean, this is America, so the market will determine whether or not it was a good idea. Um, I certainly don't need multiplayer, although it would have been nice if they included it for free. I, I don't feel the need to go out and get it, and so I don't feel bad about it, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm wishy-washy on this one, so I'm just going to shut up. You know what I think? Yeah, and I think this is the, the, the gavel on this one. If you don't like it, don't buy it. And if you don't buy it, then it's like it never existed in the first place. Right. So you're right. Not missing out on anything. It's not something people were expecting. So I just I just I just feel bad for all the people who do want it now. And then now they're like, yeah. I gotta pay five extra bucks for But see that's the thing well, is like I don't know, it, enough, pay five dollars. Right. It's not like at any point was it said, you know, hey we you know, we were going to include this and we pulled it or anything because Resident Evil was just expected to be a single player only experience. Sure, so. sure. And as far as uh, I was going to, Resident Evil Five is not out, not coming out on PC or at least isn't planned, but will probably come out at later. At some point, right? it probably will. Capcom yeah. is all about the delayed PC ports now. Like they're actually treating the PC right. pretty well. Yeah, I, I mean, I figured that. It, I'm just saying it was it isn't announced yet, but I'm not sure it'll day come day. out later. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Um, and then that'll. Uh, I mean. If anyone is actually more concerned about multiplayer than single player, just wait and get it on PC because then you get you know your mods <coughs> and you they'll probably include multiplayer for free on that one, and also then you do, you avoid the whole server issue problem because I think there's always ways around like because with any PC game you can always make your own server right. There's never been any PC multiplayer game that you've never been able to just make a host. A I would server assume yourself. I would assume so, but mm-hmm. I, I I guess I guess the biggest. Uh, thing for me on that is the fact that it's bad customer relations. This is going back to it as a business as opposed to it being talking about game content. Mm-hmm. Like like um it the the way that it comes out makes it feel like they're gouging you for money. It's kinda like the way that Guitar Heroes downloadable tracks came out the instant that the game was released makes it seem like they're gouging you for money. Even <laughs> if it's possible even if it's possible game that did that. uh stuff. I I, any like but you know, kind of the whole thing about okay, maybe the songs don't fit on the disc, but the consumers kind of they don't see that. All they see is day and date. You get to buy more stuff and spend more money on us. 
and they're like, wait, why, you know, why didn't you just put it on the disc then? Or why didn't you just include it then? They don't see past the, maybe it didn't fit on the disc. So it's, it's tenuous in terms of, like, even if they were justified in doing it, like, it's kind of a no-win situation for them. Mm-hmm. Unless they find some really slick, uh, uh, s- sneaky businessman, salesman type of way of saying, hey, guess what? You know, you've got this new content. Five dollars more, but you still get it, and people don't realize that. Like, <laughs> but and they're you like, still get it, you know. So it's like, you know what they should have did? They should have announced this shit like six months down the line. Maybe that would have helped. Maybe, maybe, or maybe a, you'll you'll always have the cynics who go, "Where was this thing going to go?" But you know, I don't know. I like you're right. Maybe it, it's it's tough. That's that's all I can say. It's tough. Um. But I have some breaking news because this is some really, really important for you all to know. Um, and I'm sorry that we didn't talk about this at the top of the show, but this is really important. And for anybody who uh, wants to thank someone for bringing up this really important story, it's Pete who brought this up. Yeah. Um, the canceled Turok 2 may have included playable dinosaurs. How? Yay! Okay. We're, we're moving on. <laughs> wow, I would love to play as a dinosaur. I would only play as a dinosaur if the dinosaur had guns. <laughs> because I mean, come on, everybody else has guns except you. Yeah, but you have. You're busy uh, running at the enemy. He's standing there shooting your ass. And you have. You, get you have. It's nature. not like AVP. You have nature. You have nature? claws and talons and scales. And dinosaurs and... can take a shitload of bullets before they go down. Yeah, it's a fact. Well, not campies. That this is true. Uh, compies. <laughs> compies. Those are those little ones, right? But they. Yeah. But they the, spit but, hot fire, and they're really fast and like small, so it'd be hard to shoot. Uh, the maybe. the the Jurassic Park version of them spit hot fire. <laughs> I think I don't know. I it, it doesn't. Let's move on to what we were going to talk about two weeks ago. Strategy. Talk okay, about so, like four weeks ago. I think it was four weeks. Well, no, 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 no. Because I like brought Kalo. it up. No, see, I brought Kalo. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it up as just an interesting point of discussion in an email. I didn't even think it, you guys wanted to talk about it on the um on the podcast, but you guys do, so let's go. Uh, we're talking about strategy versus tactics and just kind of clarifying the the differences between the two for all of those who are as dumb as we are who didn't realize it. Do you have that original email to read off? Uh, that's why I love Gmail. Strategy, tactics. Uh, let's see. Strategy versus tactics. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll just... Read the email, I guess, then? Um, yeah. Okay. Just read it. We'll include everyone in our secret email discussions. Okay. For anyone's interest, I mentioned once in the podcast that strategy and tactics, specifically real-time strategy and real-time tactics games, were comple- or, or turn-based or whatever, were completely different things, and that their differences were significant enough that they should be taken into consideration in whatever discussions we had concerning such subject matter. I forget where I had seen or read that, and I forgot while we were talking about that subject matter, but was just reminded to go look it up today because I had Rise of Nations on the brain. I think this is the entry that I was referring to, and I linked to um, the, Wiki- the Wikipedia entry that is literally called strategy. You just search for strategy, and it comes up. Mm-hmm. The second paragraph says, Strategy is profoundly different from tactics. In military terms, tactics is concerned with the conduct of an engagement, while strategy is concerned with how many different engagements are linked. In other words, how a battle is fought is a matter of tactics. Whether it should be fought at all is a matter of strategy. Um, and what I continued to write was, what's interesting about this to me is that I, as well as a majority of the gaming enthusiast press, have been calling Advance Wars and its ilk a turn-based strategy franchise when it seems that it's more appropriate to call it a tactical game. 
I guess it does also emphasize capturing an enemy base, but I find that oftentimes it's almost impossible to engage in a whole lot of combat. I, I meant to say it's you impossible to, to not engage in a whole a whole lot of combat in any given situation. Whereas in games like Rise of Nations, you can actually win after fighting only one battle, or even none. Like, I've actually won against a computer by building a lot of wonders, which is, mm -hmm. I assume, a, a, a nod to civilization, because I think you could do the same thing there. Yeah, and um, uh, age games. So unless you're engaged, you can actually, you know, win a game without initiating a fight. But this this is not to say, though, and, and let me let me be clear about this, this is not to say, though, that fighting is tantamount to tactics. It's just saying, I'm just saying that, like, there's so many things that you have to take into consideration with something like Rise of Nations, that it's not all about saying, all right, I need to flank here, put my rifleman here, and then, like, ambush from the back. Like, it's it's also about, like, how am I managing my resources? Where do I want to build this uh, this structure? Is it close enough to, to yada, yada, yada? Do I have enough uh, mines, or, or am I researching the right technologies at the right time? Mm -hmm. So... And uh, I don't know <coughs> if you mind me interrupting here. No, not at all. I'm... I'm um, go ahead. That I read an article. I don't know if if we no. I doubt we did this on um, cast or anything. But um, there was an article on Halo Wars, and I I, I don't know if you read it or is not, it, but... is it the one from Crispy Gamer by uh, Tom Chick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you sent it to me. I yeah, sent it to you exactly. Guys, yeah. The one about the um the turtle. Yeah. Yes. Um. That those three things, Turtle, Rush, and uh, Boom, or I think that's what it was called. Rush, Boom, uh, Turtle. Yeah, those are all strategies. Right. And basically, um, usually when you, if you look at a game that can, that you can implement those types of ideas, those games are usually considered strategy games because you're able to conduct battle. Yes, but you're able to conduct battle in, in tactical ways. Or should I say you're you're able to use separate tactics as a complete strategy in in winning your objective? Um, that was what part of the reason why I wanted that why I was listing the games and whatnot because we can start kind of throwing things into strategy right. and tactics. Like what part of this game is strategy, if at all, and then what part of this game is tactics? I'm gonna interrupt you. Interrupt me. Okay. I'm gonna interrupt uh, you. Oh fuck. <laughs> and I'm gonna interrupt you. <laughs> oh, good. Go ahead. Um, no, because uh, you were just saying like something you just said caught my attention because you said that uh, the rush boom turtle thing is like you were like those are all different strategies, but like the way I feel about it is and kind of like what this this thing says uh, that how a battle is fought is a matter of tactics. Whether it should be fought at all is a matter of strategy. And what Austin talking about with like uh, Rise of Nations that you can choose to do. You can win by not having to uh, actually just fight. Okay, so the way I see it is that yeah. um, any game where the uh, object is to just win like by defeating your enemies, uh, you're using tactics. Like the Rush Boom Turtle thing is actually right. just a matter I of did, different tactics. Said that. That's what I meant to say. Not They are not strategies. They are tactics. Right, because to me it's like when you have uh... other options to win besides combat, that's when strategy comes into play because then you're, you're choosing which strategy you want to do to reach your eventual goal, but if it's just straight combat, to me that's just a matter of tactics. The the rush boom turtle thing, I don't think is. I think you were right when you said it the first time, Alan, that those are mm -hmm. strategies. But see, they're all strategies the, for the same purpose. No, though, no, no. The, the I, I, yeah, the but the, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. I don't agree with you that the purpose defines what type of game it is. I think that, that that's the thing that I was mentioning. That's the, 
um, the reason why I put up Final Fantasy Tactics and Ogre Battle is like the first game and saying that those that's obvious is because Final Fantasy Tactics and Ogre Battle, they are games where your situations are simply tactical. You All you have to do is take your group of people and either defeat this other group of people or take this group of people and protect one person, uh, take this group of people and... Uh, capture such and such a person or whatever like that it's just one goal one tactic and really there's no well there aren't really many options when you're put into situations like that let me put it let let me let me put it this way i think it it, it's not a matter of one being different from the other it's i think it's the way that i read it from the from the entry one is a subset of the other Yes, that's what I mean. And, uh, okay, I'm, I'm mentioning I, I, yeah. in Final Fantasy Tactics that right. um, all you're doing is missions, on the ground. Those yeah. are tactical missions, but like it, in the course of the entire story, it's a complete type right. of strategy that you have no control over. I bring it up because because of the the, the, the what you said, Pete. That like if the goal is just to defeat your enemy, but let's say let's let's get down to a very generalized goal of war. The goal is to win. Okay. And well, yeah, because so even, like, even let, let me let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah, let me sorry. Finish. All right. So the in order to win, you will have to employ different battle tactics. When and where and how you apply them is the strategy. And then when you get down into the battle, is where the tactics go. So when when we're talking about rush, boom, and turtle, even though the objective is to kill the other guy, it's still about how am I going to manage? Like because the the boom has nothing to do with like. Um, I shouldn't say that. the boom is part of your overall strategy. When do I initiate the economic boom? When do I initiate a rush? When do I initiate defensive measures, and how do I bring them about? And then once they're ex- once you bring up the boom, then it becomes down to like, all right, now let's see. I'm going to start my. I'm going to start by um, building this and then gathering that resource, and in a certain way, I'm going to open up a path for my grunts, which actually doesn't apply in Rise of Nations, because it's, like, it's not like Warcraft, where like, you need to open up a path for the peon to go from the mine to the, to the, um, to the um, uh, cave to get the, the gold. The gold mines or not. Mm-hmm. The gold mines to the mills. Oh, I'm sorry, I, for, I haven't played in such a long time. But it's like, the tactic is, alright, I'm going to, I'm going to um, open up a path for them, and I'm going to, <clears throat> I don't know, build like a structure here or somewhere to, to make sure that they get to the place where they can as quickly as possible to, to keep on earning my resource. But, like, when you decide to focus on that and push that or whatnot, that's more of the strategy. So, like, I know I know the contention that, like, if it's just to kill your kill the other dude, I can see where you're coming from, but I just don't think that's the case because of how you have to manage the situation. I'll I'll and, agree with you in that. Like, I'll, I'll refine what I was saying into in that... Like, I understand what you're saying, because, like, tactics would be, like, planning a particular encounter in the overall game, whereas the strategy would be, why am I actually using this encounter at this particular point? Right. I think um, I think what you might uh, be meaning to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is when all that's involved is just fighting, then it's yeah. probably tactical. I, so I, like, uh, but I guess, even, like I guess even at the ba- base level of, like, a Final Fantasy tactics game or something like that, uh, like, I guess even that revol- involves strategy because, like, See, I don't know. It does get it complicated. That's the thing, because outside of the battles, where you know your your battles are very limited to simply fighting, it's not like you're able to choose where you want to fight in an attempt to finish the game or complete the game or win at the game in a different way. 
You're See, only what limited I'm, to fight, 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 fight. What fight, I'm thinking fight, though fight. is that strategy is the theory, whereas tactics is the actual act. So, like in a Final Fantasy tactics games or something like Advance Wars or something like where it's just you know fight, fight, fight. But your your tactics would be okay. But it, I'm but it's, I'm going to I'm going to fight this encounter over here. But maybe your strategy is I'm doing this to you know get their forces to focus over here so I could flank around to the other side and you know get their base or something like that. I'll I'll, I'll read it again just for clarity's sake. Um, strategy uh, in military terms, tactics tactics is concerned with the conduct of an engagement. So let's isolate that the conduct of a specific engagement, a firefight, not even a firefight. Uh, overall, like like I'm going to drop you guys into this zone and you're gonna you guys are gonna gun them down. While strategy is concerned with how those different individual engagements are linked, which is what I'm saying is right, like right. you're you're set, you're setting up combat situations to like for to reach your overall goal. Like I'm saying, with advanced wars is uh you might have you you might have your like uh your infantry guys try to like engage tanks up there and be willing to sac- like uh, in the northern part of a map to sacrifice them. Whereas you might have a uh, you know someone else on the on the south side of the map go over to say their base but you were doing that to your your strategy was to get them to focus on your dispensable guys up top so that you can get another unit to their base so like that's where the strategy comes in i still think that's tactical and i guess maybe that's all tactical too yeah um i i was gonna mention that if advance was had a feature such that you were able to win battles based on more than just defeating all the units or taking the uh the the base like if it you were It sounds like you're to... going back to what I was saying originally then. Well, here's the thing. Um what if throughout the entire advance wars campaign you were able to use a a particular angle. You you decide in your mind how I'm going to finish this game. You can either go for brute strength destroying all the troops and marching through with guns blazing or you can do something such as uh disrupt their economy if that was a, a factor like basically right um and it's it, it is but only on a very very small scale right but the thing is say if you were able to pick and choose and say uh, but, no right, i'm agreeing I'm with do... you i'm agreeing oh with you're you. agreeing i'm oh, just okay. i'm just saying that it's in the game but it's at such a minute level that it doesn't qualify for what you're trying to say Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm making up a, a situation where, like, right. imagine if the the entire Advance Wars map is available here, and you have things, of, you have separate options for uh, missions, which you do sometimes. But the thing is, you always have separate options. And say this option is a bombing run to destroy uh, oil fields or whatever, so that now, in the further on in the in the campaign, they don't have enough money to produce troops, so you're winning. And imagine if there was a situation where they give up because they don't have money, which is something that happens all the time in real-time strategy games. Command and Conquer and Warcraft, Starcraft. People quit because they can't do anything else. There's no more resources on the map. Say, I took control of most of the resources, forbidding you to gather resources enough to have an army. It makes you quit. That's a strategy for winning. And again, it's not about the 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 length length, the breadth or the variety of options, but a, but a matter of scope. Because the way I'm envisioning this, based on the definition that I'm reading, it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, woo, take um, take rise of nations. Can we use it? T- uh, I was gonna say I, I I haven't 
I don't know much about the Rise games. Like, is it are they similar to Civilization? Can we use that as an example? Uh, Civilization as an example. I mean, I think it's a um, a relative thing in terms of the ideal, not the ideologies, but the the methods. Like when he says building wonders to win, you have that ability in Civilization. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, that's, I, just, that's, I just figured that we all would have played Civ. Right. I so have not actually. <laughs> Oh well, then fine. Go ahead. But with it's your okay. Rise. No, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with enough with it, though. It's like in Civilization when you're you're going from beginning to end. You're trying to build up a civilization, which is why it's called Civilization. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, during the course of that, you have to plan out, like, how am I going to achieve this goal? How and and like when do I use certain um certain things at my disposal, and when do I call in certain tactics? So if we're we're gonna take Advanced Wars as a subset of civilization, if that makes any sense to you. If it doesn't stop me now. It does, it does to me. Okay, so so civilization is like the kind of... And I'm waving my hands as if people can see me. But <laughs> civilization is like the overlying layer, okay? You're, you're building up your economy. You're sending out diplomats. You're, um, you're choosing to research certain technologies mm-hmm. for certain reasons. All these things are, are you're doing because you think that this is a certain strategy that you need to take in order to be... The number one civilization in the world. You know, you're, you're just trying to, 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 to get to that goal. When you start fighting with a country and you enter war, you're going to say, you know what? All right. To start off this thing, because they fucked with me and they fucked with the wrong people, I'm going to send in my army right now to this location and bomb the shit out of them. Once you get into that battle, that's where Advance Wars comes in and says, now that I'm in the thick of this battle, my engagement, my goal is to win this engagement. So in order to win this engagement, I'm going to send my guys over here to distract them and then flank them around and then bring someone else down to, 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 to combat my tanks or whatever while I'm distracting them and stuff like that. That's when you get in. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of scope. And that's mm-hmm. when you get, kind of get into the nitty-gritty when you hit that battle. Um, kind of the same way, uh, let, me, um, let me think. This is a much more tenuous example because, it, but I, I'm just going to try to throw it in there see if I can make it work. Sim City. Okay. I was going to put Sim City on that list. Sim too. City is also could also be a subset of civilization when you're just trying to build up your economy and you're trying to you know do certain things in a certain way. Then you get into the nitty gritty of okay, um, I've got uh, X amount of space to do this in. Um, I have X amount of money to build what. Um, although I don't, I, this is the problem is that I honestly don't know if you can apply tactics to something like city building. But maybe I don't know. I'm not smart, so I don't know. Um, um, I, I I would assume so. If you're, uh, if the tactics involve, uh, say, how to raise money, uh, in in certain sim cities there are uh, ordination, ordinations, uh, ordinances, and there's certain things that you can do to, I guess, um, help keep things flowing so that you can achieve your, the goal of your strategy. Uh, we're going we're gonna to rely, considered... rely on the lesbian couple of Miriam and Webster. Um, <laughs> tactics. 1A, the science and art of disposing and maneuvering forces in combat. 1B, the art or skill of employing available means to accomplish an end. Two, a system or mode of procedure. Three, the study of grammatical relations with it. Huh, interesting. 
I, I never heard about that grammatical one though. But I guess for our sake of argument, it would be one A and one B. The art, uh, the mm-hmm. battle one, and then the artist skill of deploying available means. So, so you're right. You can't like tactical, tactical city whatevers. Um, well, you know they they go through this like in business and politics and whatnot, yeah. with strategy and tactics. Too. It's so so semantics. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, um, I I wanted to <clears throat> just quickly like gloss go down the list, some, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's do that. Like games like Team Fortress and Rainbow Six. I was thinking that there is a game, and I'm wondering if you could give me the name or if I'm just making this shit up. But there's a game, first person shooter, team based, that combines different features such as capture the flag, domination, and deathmatch. Where you can win the game by any of those methods. Does that exist? Uh, I, I know. Th- I know that. Ki- I don't know. I know that kill zone cycles through game modes, and if yeah. you if you win an assassination, it cycles to the capture the flag mode, and then if the other person wins the capture the flag mode, they get a point too, and then at the end of all the modes, you tally up the points or something. Yeah, like I'm that. not talking about that. I'm, I believe it is Unreal Tournament 2003. Where that big ass mode, the what is it called? Uh, you know the mode I'm talking about? Ass assault? Not assault. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, the other one that that has the big ass map, and you you have to like basically control the map. Domination? Not domination. King of the, the like the king of the hill type thing. Uh. Okay, here, here we go, here we go. Deathmatch, team deathmatch, cap of the flag, double domination, bombing run, last man standing, invasion, and mutant. Um, no, that's are you talking about 2003? Yeah. Are you talking about 2003 or 4? Let's, let's I... go to 4 to see, because I know you had 4. Oh, well. maybe that's the one that I have. Then. Um, I'm thinking I had 3. Uh, uh, significant changes to the influence to get to, 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 to double... Uh, three new DM mats, two new bomber mats. It's not giving me like it's not giving me a clear cut list of all the new modes that it has. There was over. one new mode that was added to it, and um, it was like a massive mode where basically you were taking bases and shit, and there was some there was like a capture the flag element because there were flags in the middle, and all these things combined increased your score. So are you, you talking could technically about, wait, what game win are you talking about? by controlling all the bases, or you can technically win by killing all the guys over and over and over again, or you could technically win by capping the flag back and forth. Huh. Pete, what were you saying? What, what game are you talking about? Unreal. We think it's Unreal Tournament. We're not sure. Are you talking about yeah. Power Node mode? What? Maybe it's Power are talk- Node. No. Are you talking about that mode? It was like one word, I think. Damn, why can't I remember what Somebody out there in the internet, please, uh... See, I know there was assault where you took, like, it was, uh, that was, like... Yeah, but that was, yeah. Through the separate, like, uh, objectives to capture the base, but then power node was the one where you had to go out and capture the power nodes, but I don't remember there being flags in that. Wait a minute. Uh, Was assault the mode where one team had to go do something, and the team had, the other team had to defend, Defend. and then switched around? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. That was 2K4, by the way. Both two, both two K three and two K four, and had assault and the original Unreal Tournament. I don't remember that in two K three. It was in the original tournament, uh, Unreal Tournament. Maybe, maybe it wasn't in. Oh, maybe it wasn't in two thousand three because people were complaining that it wasn't in there. Um. Anyway, this was is de- getting off on it. Yeah, it was definitely in the in the original. <laughs> but um, so list off your your games, Mister Hare, and we'll uh. Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics, obvious. Yeah, it's a ta- tactical game. It's <clears throat> How to conduct the uh, battles. 
there's Command and Conquer, Doom, Warcraft, Starcraft, blah blah blah. Those are all real time strategy games for a reason. Uh, uh Command and Conquer, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Command and Conquer actually like the story mode allows you to do things, and your strategy in completing certain missions has an effect on future missions. Sometimes, okay, which is cool. Because like there's uh you can choose to do a mission that does like attack uh the other side's economy and then when you do that you're led to another mission where their economy is affected and um you're able to do have an advantage but if you went the other way then you may have a disadvantage it was it was really cool like that the first command economy. i don't know if they kept doing it um uh, advanced wars is i'm gonna say ta- i'm gonna say tactical like almost entirely um some parts, some part of me wants to say that there are some strategic considerations, but it's all about the thick of the battle. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, I can't find either which way a way to um, kind of circumvent that. And I brought up Fire Emblem to follow that up, and I think that it's the same way. Yeah, I think so too. Um, because they're essentially uh, battle-based games, and your control over the entire campaign is very limited. Limited to the story. Spore is a very interesting inclusion you have here. P- uh, Pete, I yeah. know you played Spore extensively. What, what, what are your thoughts on that one? Oh, God. Um, see, the problem there with Spore is... There it is. Onslaught the... mode. Onslaught. Okay. That's the mode. Okay. Yes. I know which one you're talking about. Um, anyway, as far as Spore goes... <laughs> because I know uh, you, have, you have to build your thing, and based yeah, on how it, you build it... It you know. kind of goes through... like Because of each different phase, it kind of goes back and forth between tactics and and strategy and like I mean you get <laughs> from the very beginning of the game you're you're just using um I mean I guess it's just like tactics in the in the broadest sense it's like uh okay avoid getting eaten any other guys and then as you grow like I guess it's in a way is showing it <laughs> It's parallel to the progress from going from simple tactics to a broader strategy because that is what you're doing is as you're increasing your – as you're evolving, you're going to need to get broader into a strategy to figure out how to progress further. And there's also the element – isn't like the, the second to – the third or second to last stage of the game uh, – Is basically a real-time strategy game. Yeah. Like a – yeah, that's what I've heard. It's like a quasi. No, I, I say quasi only because I've heard that it's dumbed down a little bit, but not. Like, yeah. Not in a bad way. I mean, that's the last stage that I made too, because I haven't even made it to the space <laughs> stage yet oh. because I'm terrible at real time strategy games, <laughs> and it's on its since it's since it's in its broadest sense, it's like it's still kind of just tactical, like, uh, just I don't know. It's hard to describe. Um. Just capture capture so many cities of your opposing forces uh, to like to evolve to the next stage, um, and I guess like because you now have multiple cities to deal with yourself as well as your opponent having multiple cities, you kind of need to strategize how to get how to reach that goal. Strategize. <laughs> but uh, that was cool. That was a nice move. Nice, nice. I said nice mode. Excellent. Um, that was a nice word. Thanks. But uh, yeah, like it's still it's it's in its very broad sense because you don't have many like that. That's what I'm saying. That that's why like with Al saying you know it's it and and my original point it's like comes down to options because you don't have many options. You have like the 
when Spore, you create one, as far as I've seen so far, you create one, like, land-based attack vehicle, and later on you can uh, create a, like, naval attack vehicle and an air attack vehicle, but that's really all you get for attacking. And then, like, you can't really do much strategy with just that little bit, so that's why I think that just still even breaks down to just tactics. Which game are we talking about again? I'm sorry. Spore. Spore. Okay. Interesting. But... Like, do, do your earlier decisions affect how you how you how you play out the uh, space exploration stage? I'm just curious. I don't know. See, the problem with the game is that they, that was the game was originally supposed to at least the way they they made it sound was that earlier decisions you make in your creature's life will affect like the way it can do sure. things later in life. But right. that's not the way it worked at all. Each stage basically is its own separate thing ah, that your, cre- right, your creature right. follows through, but you can, on a whim, change your entire play strategy, which I don't I, yeah. like. I remember you saying how you kind of just plucked the arm off of your dude and put it on something else, or, or, or you like added a limb because you couldn't do anything the way it was. Yeah, so. it's like... I, they... like Just uh, as an aside, that, like Will Wright originally wanted the game to be... Uh, you 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 wanted it to be an evolution game where your entire gameplay is focused on the way your creature evolves, mm-hmm. but Maxis themselves decided to make it more casual, and your creature evolution really does not play into the gameplay at all. I see. Huh. So, okay. I what mean, else? maybe it would have been more. It would have been more strategy if it had the evolution aspect, because then you would have had to decide. You know, like how am I going to evolve this creature for the way I want to play the game. Mm-hmm. And that is where I think strategy would come in. Let's see. Uh, so we took care of Spore. Civilization, I would say, is largely strategic. Strategic. Yeah, definitely. Um, because how, are, can... how are battles fought? Because I don't know how battles are fought. Um, it's really just like a dice roll. Things. Turn-based. <laughs> Basically, you, um, you have units like bang into each other or whatnot. So <laughs> you have... Uh, <laughs> And based on their relative strengths, uh, someone will prevail. Well, yeah, like I said, it's a dice roll. Like, you say, I'm going to attack this city, and then however many units you have fight however many units are there, and they just keep rolling dice to see, like, you know, it's a behind-the-scenes dice, but... Right. And then... And then once the city has no people in it, you walk in and march a victory. Um, It's basically like Risk the video game. (laughs) Yeah. Which is also on the list. Which is on the list. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, um, oh, I, I wanted to just kind of correct something just because I, I think I may have related Onslaught mode to the mode that I was talking about where I was like, uh, there's all these different things. Because, of course, I had to refresh my memory on the damn thing. Um, onslaught mode is like um, you have a map laid out and your power cord. You have to disable a power cord to get to the main, like you have to set up a chain so that it yeah, gets so That's the one I was the talking about, side. the power node. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. That's what Onslaught Mode is. But I'm guessing either a game has not come out of the description that I was, you know, mentioning that was mixing the different gameplay methods and that each of those types of gameplay methods contribute to your point score and somebody's going to steal it now. Or somebody <laughs> uh, already made it and I really just don't remember what it is. Well, actually, that kind of sounds like in WoW in the one battleground, like... Cause oh yeah, because they can they combine like all the different battlegrounds into one battleground. It was like you have the AB where you have nodes, and the more you control, it's domination. And then there's uh, Warsong, which is 
the CTF, and then there's right. your regular, like, fighting each other. You get kills. Is that the, uh... <sighs> the name escapes me. The edge of the something or other blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't remember, because it's been I a never long time since I did Battleground. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's a... <clears throat> uh, it's a weird little thing. I've never played it though, but yeah, maybe that's oh. where I'm thinking of. But yeah, that's wrong. basically what it is. like the one because I, I off the top of my head from what I remember one of the battlegrounds was where like some people would be doing like just straight combat with each other, and then other people would be going off and doing like quests like in the actual battleground, and then other people would be trying to control resource areas. Oh, um, you're talking about Alterac Valley. That's oh, that's a a, a big strategy. That's a strategy type of thing, yeah. Yeah, but, um, I but that sounds kind of like what you're talking about. Is that like all that different stuff together adds up to like you know, like um, it, isn't that played true. with points? But no, that that actually is just control. Um, it's a control map. Basically, it's me versus you, and I have to kill your general. And oh. for me to actually get to your general, I have to go and knock out all these points. But the other thing is just a mix of. Uh, Capture the flag, domination, and deathmatch. Literally. Okay, and so there is one like that then. Yeah, there is one. It, that's the one that came out with the first expansion, Burning Crusade. Oh, okay. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta uh, say that all, all the shooters that we've listed here, like, there's, there's no way I can say any of them are anything more than tactical. True. But see, okay. That's what I wanted. That's all. why I listed them. Yeah. Because like, I, I, I was kind of confused on that. There needs to be a shooter. It, wait, wasn't there a shooter where um, it was a combination? But what about like the Battlefield series? Uh, well, well, one, it's not on the list, and B, I've never played it. So, oh, well, okay. Well, besides not being on the list, I'm just trying to. to... Blah, blah 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 blah. Al, go. sorry. <laughs> Somebody talk. Al, you talk. I said Battlefield is similar to this. No, I didn't hear what so, you said. Battlefield is similar oh. to this. Oh, okay, Battlefield is similar to this. That. Yeah, Pete talk. I was saying that because you were saying that none of the shooters really like would have strategy. I would think Battlefield would because that is not just about straight combat. That is played with the point system, and like your strategy is going to come into like making sure that your opponent's points deplete faster than yours. Right, but again, it's not about the. Remember, I said it's not necessarily about the goal. It's about the scope of what your engagement is. Right, but there are many ways that you can make the. Like, there are many tactics that you can employ to deplete your opponent's score. But what's the scope of the engagement? Are we talking about, like, something that... that are we talking about something that each engagement translates into uh, uh, an overall kind of thing? Like, uh, it's really hard to describe. That's why, that's, that's why I'm having trouble here, especially because oh, I haven't so played it. You're, but you're like, asking if there are multiple engagements that... Um, let let's let me let me actually sum into a hole. Uh, let me let me use this ex- this fictional fictional example. Let's 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 take because uh, the the closest thing think of is Rainbow Six. Let's take Rainbow Six, a game like Rainbow Six, mm-hmm. and expand it to be a more of a either a military or um, like covert government operation game where you're you're not just dropped in. Okay, you're not just dropped into a particular engagement. And like you, you kind of plan out on the map. Okay, this is where Alpha Team is going to go. This is where Bravo Team is going to go, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and and like the goal could be anything from um, from getting a hostage out in time 
to defusing a bomb or whatever. And yes, there are several ways you can get to that goal, or several tactics you can use to get to that goal, but the, the, the underlying idea being that you're dropped into that engagement. Mm-hmm. Now, back up a little, and, and, and let's say we have like a, um, a map uh, of like, I don't know, like the, the, the northeastern part of the United States, okay? And there's a terrorist plot going on, and the best way to thwart this terrorist plot to get rid of the terrorismos is to do certain things. So the first thing you do is saying, what I need to do first is to um, go do this hostage release mission. No, 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 that's wrong. You should actually do, um, you should actually try to go and assassinate this figurehead in the terrorist organization who's located here. Or no, that's actually not the right decision. We need to go and do something else. So in the context of the shooter, you're still planning out what's the best way to resolve this conflict from a higher, and again, I'm using my hands because I know you guys can see, <laughs> but from, from a much higher level of what, how are we going to accomplish this ultimate goal? Okay, now that we know what we're going to do, we're going to drop these guys into the engagement, whether it be hostage negoti- uh, negotiation, hostage rescue, <laughs> or assassination, or whatever. So I'm, I'm, what I'm asking is, is Battlefield like that in that you have an overall thing and you can say, like, all right, well, um, I'm going to choose to uh, complete this goal or I don't... It's, it's really hard. Yeah, a lot I'm of just going to answer like your semantics. question. I'm going to answer your question. Yes, but it all happens at the same time. It's all real-time in one one huge battlefield. Um, and especially Battlefield 2 is a good example because that one... I don't know if the earlier one had it, but there's a commander class in Battlefield 2. Oh, right, one, right. One person like... is just looking at an overhead tactical map of the entire area. And like people do split off into teams. So they might be like, you know, Team A, go you know, confront the enemy in this area and, you know, then team B, you guys will go down here and, you know, control this resource or like, you know, this area, this, uh, this point. Um, and like team C will be our, you know, our, our flight team taking a jet and dropping people off over here or something like that. And like, so there is like, like the teams can get into multiple engagements in different areas, but meanwhile, they're all like, heading towards whatever the like commander would see as the top goal of doing all these different things. That's I don't I don't know what it is. It still sounds tactical to me. I think it all, uh, it all I, still I, so- I, go ahead. I have Sorry. like a kind of a, a description I think that I'm thinking of. When strategy comes into play, there must be a situation at hand that requires a certain selection of steps to come to success. It, 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 does that sound kind of like what strategy means? Strategy means that you are um, performing several selected steps to achieve success at a situation. A situation that is handed to you, like for example, you said they are terrorists plotting to do something. Or say if you were on the other hand, you want to plot a terrorist attack. Right. Or for example... Um, you want to take control of the world <laughs> or something as simple as the same thing I we need always to get, get from my house to Austin's house. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to get from point A to point B? More, more or less, 
Um, I mean, again, I really think this is all very semantics, and it could go either way. It's just that when I hear the description of what you do in something like Battlefield or Team Fortress, it still sounds all very tactical because it's it's you know sure there are many different small pockets of engagements, but you could say the same thing about Advance Wars, and you actually did say the same thing, and that's still tactical. You know, they're small pockets of engage, they're engagements within engagements, sure. But I think mm-hmm. that like and they're all layered tactics. Right. When when you yeah. But like when you just kind of get to the overall big picture of things, it's just you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It just sounds to me like a tactical thing. The way it's uh, it doesn't sound to me like a situation in terms of Pete. Pete says, "Oh, I got it in the in the text." <laughs> yeah. This is this is my final summation of it for myself. To okay. me, what I would think is uh, for tactics, yourself or for the world. <laughs> myself, just for myself. Tactics right. to me would be. Defining your behavior in an engagement. For instance, like when I get into a battle, this is what my I am going to do. I am going to take cover and send someone else out to flank. You know this guy. Those would be my tactics. Strategy is how am I going to win the overall war? Using it in a war scenario. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So every game I think is going to use strategy and tactics. Advanced wars up to civilization and everything in between and beyond. I can't agree with the Advanced Wars one. Well, I I would have to say, yes, it does, but you have no control over it in Advanced Wars. Not over the individual battles, but, like... Well, no, I'm talking about the, the overall game is a strategy. Yes, it's a war. But and it's it's, par- it's part of the story. But see, to me, that's what I'm saying. In my in, in, Just from my definition, I felt but that there when is I played... a, but, but there's a definition out there that we're trying to identify, but there's a... a it's it's not what I think it is. It's what I'm reading. What, what what's been defined and trying to understand it. Yeah, and I think that the the problem is we're categorizing a gameplay style based on something I think is not gameplay, like playing through Advance Wars and playing through ta- Final Fantasy Tactics and saying that yeah, on the overall it is a strategy game, quote unquote. I think that the strategy part of it. Is non-gameplay related? Is there even strategy there? But like, that's th- that's not what I'm saying. What because... I'm saying is that the strategy as a, uh, a a word, not strategy as an action. Not I'm sitting and here d- actually performing strategy, but if you follow the story, there are right. people. I see what you mean. The strategy part, but you don't just do to, it. Just to finish up, what I was going to say then is that, like, for advanced wars for me, when I was playing, I to me my tactics would be something like. Every battle, I'm going to send a, like, I'm going to engage every enemy confrontation, whatever, with, like, a tank and an infantry unit. And my overall mm-hmm. strategy would be, uh, I'm going to make my opponent focus its attack on dispensable guys. Again, just this is an example, but dispensable guys in the north, whereas I'm going to swing around with other guys in the south to capture their base. That, to me, is my tactics and strategy all in the same thing. Mm. Well... Like, I mean, to equate to something else, like, I just want to, even going back, like, okay, I'm going to look at something else on the list, something we didn't talk about, but, like, okay, with the board game Risk, I have tactics and strategy. My tactics, is, like, when I play that with Charlie, <laughs> I I played with Charlie a long time ago, my tactics is to, uh, like, basically surround my opponent, like, only only reinforce uh, like one specific area to surround an opponent and focus on one thing and my strategy is that like no okay my tactics would be to always attack my opponent with X amount of uh, 
units on my space. My strategy would be to focus on one particular space at a time uh, rather than try to engage in multiple battles on the board. That's what I think. Like, that, see, that's the that thing is, would be a, a sufficient, I think, explanation of strategy, tactics, and risk. Because your objective is to... I mean, you only have basically one objective and risk, right? To defeat the other uh, opponent or to control most of the... I don't really remember. Yeah, technically it's supposed to be to eliminate... Like, the the main game of risk is to eliminate your opponent's units completely, I believe. Okay, and... Destruction! The, your strategy in eliminating your opponent's units completely is taking it one space at a time. As opposed I, to spreading yourself out thin, like racing. Right. right. I think my problem, my my problem, and why I'm getting so conf- not necessarily confused, but I do feel confused, is that example that they gave is it, it, when they say, in other words, how a battle, how a particular battle, how how an engagement, how it's fought, which includes, in a, if we're using the advanced wars example, which includes all the things that that we talk about, like um, trying to make the enemy focus on a certain thing or directing them somehow. How that battle is fought is still a matter of tactics, and whether it should be fought at all, for example, this is just one example, which could be hanging me up. Whether it's fought at all is a matter of strategy, and that's why I think that Al was saying that from a genre standpoint of the story, it's a game about it's a game about a, a, a military taking strategy, but the gameplay doesn't involve strategy. Right, because, because you have no control over whether you're doing that mission or not. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, let's go back to Rise of Nations really quickly. I don't know, Pete, if you listened when I described it in earlier podcasts. Do you remember it at all? Uh, just go ahead, and I'll see if I remember. Okay, <laughs> there's there, there are two. There, when you do the uh, world, can, there's like regular skirmish, right, where you could just jump into a battle and say, "I'm Egypt, and I'm going to kick Japan's ass." That's it. There's also world campaign where it looks like a risk board, and you have the whole world map laid out in front of you, and you've got a certain number of pieces that you that you you know poke around and, and lay down. So when you start off, you can you have a certain number of uh, world points or diplomat points, whatever the fuck they call them, and you can choose to say, all right, well, I'm going to put my piece, which represents my army, in this spot of this country, which is cordoned off by borders. This country has resources. It has like a, an extra like uh, military cachet that I can take weapons from, or it has natural resources, or it's just a location point that I should hold because it's a chokehold point or something like that. Or if I put my army here, it's going to prevent other armies from trying to get into my space. And then from there, you can also say, I'm going to try to initiate diplomatic relations with a certain nation. I'm Egypt. I'm gonna ally with Japan. I don't know why I keep choosing those two, but I whatever. It's easy. It's easy. Cause you're Cause racist. Because right I'm racist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna choose to ally with Japan, and Japan is over on that side of the world. They're gonna take care of these guys. I'm gonna take care of these guys. Okay, how am I gonna take care of these guys? Well, I'm going to continue to. I'm gonna engage in this one battle. Meanwhile, I'm going to put my other military piece over here to block off any incoming traffic and then also to take that resource. And then I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then maybe I'll make some diplomatic relations with someone else. When you get into that battle in the midst of things, that's, um, then it goes into the actual uh, real-time gameplay of mm-hmm. like uh, fighting tactical and building and stuff. Right. Um, so it's, like, it's actually a mix of turn-based and real-time strategy. You know, and then like, mm-hmm. how about this? How about I say this? I think that all well, this is obvious, but all strategy games 
all real-time strategy games as we see them. Warcraft, Starcraft, Rise of Nations, Age of Mythology, Age of Empires, Age of Balls, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They I all have Age tactical elements in them. But the reverse is not necessarily true. That's the way I see it. That's, see, that's, I that's, go, that's going back... I don't back. think I can agree to with that. <laughs> well, I'm, going by the, I'm just going by the definition. No, I know. I'm just saying, like... Like, because you asked, it, it sounded like you were asking if we can all agree to that. No, I'm saying, I'm saying no, this that's is what his the, view. This like is this view. is what the definition says to me is that when when you get into a game, all like it it doesn't necessarily have to go in the reverse. Just because you're a tactical game doesn't mean that you have to engage in like an overall big scope strategy. And again, I think a lot of it's semantics too. And again, the 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 definition and the example may be hanging me up, but that's what I'm reading from this. Can I bring up some other game genre real quick to yeah, for sure. us to discuss? Let's take a fighting game genre, Street Fighter. What would you say? Would you say that it has tactics and strategy or just tactics? Tactics. Al? Oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, tactics. You guys it just think tactics? tactics. You, I mean, your goal is to deplete the opponent's energy. I mean, whether you use kicks or punches is a matter of tactics. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not a matter of strategy. It's not like, okay, well... But you know, isn't the whole point to, like, kind of get your opponent, like... Well, I guess not. Maybe not. I was going to say, isn't, like, in a way you want... Like, with the whole cancels and stuff, you kind of want to trick your opponent into doing something so that you can, like, get get them into a sort of combo or something? Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's, yeah, that's tactical. A, that's a tactical um, thing. But, for example, I think strategy may play in how you select people that you want to fight against in... You know, maybe you can't really yeah. select people you want to play against in tournament play, but your your like strategy could. Play, yeah, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish off. I was oh, just gonna say something like in really group stupid. play, like if there's a like 80 people in the room and you want to kind of your your goal is to be undefeated. Your strategy in being undefeated is or could be selecting the right opponent. All the the people who are on the lowest tiers. And, I, I, okay, now I'm undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got one where it's like no, your your strategy could be psyching out the opponent. So while you're playing Street Fighter with the dude, you kind of say something about his mother beforehand. I don't know that. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, I it's it's getting granular. I know, and it's and again semantics, very heavily semantics. Well, no, I'm just I'm just yeah. going by what I'm reading. That's all because yeah. I have no clue in my own mind. Like. I used to think that all of this stuff was strategy, but just from what <laughs> yeah. I'm reading, it's not, you know? So I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know what like, I wish? I wish people would have emailed about this fucking topic. Yeah. Where are yeah. your emails? We were supposed to give you a Maybe prize. Maybe now they'll email because they've heard our points of view. Maybe. I'll, I'll still offer a, a prize for a good email if we get one for next show. And it might not be crappy, but it might be. But it might not be. So hey, let's I have one. Sim Tower or Youth Tower. Is that a strategy or a tactical game? <laughs> You're the one who played that like extensively. I have no okay. idea. I like Sim Tower. I, I think I think it's oh, a strategy too. game. Okay, so because your goal is to develop a really really tall tower, and you have several options with which you can def- 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 see with which you can create this tower. You can either use a strategy of generating revenue through restaurants, or generating revenue through Apartments and hotels, or offices, and you can I've use a combination of those tactics 
to <laughs> yeah see there you go <laughs> I don't you know. just said it i was going to say i've locked myself into this strategy and tactics now being kind of conjoined because to me it'd be your strategy is how you're going to lay out your entire tower right. but your tactics are per level but that's that's exactly what i was yes, saying i was saying i was saying that is. i was saying remember when i said that if you're looking at like the kind of venn diagram or scope type of thing that all strategy does involve tactics i was just saying that i don't think that in in like for example if we're playing a tactical game that it doesn't have to involve like higher level strategies just to be uh, just to be a playable game right because i think we're trying to guess where in the game it's tactics and where in that, the game it's yeah, strategy that's all that's all yeah. i was saying with that is that like because of the nature of tactics is a part of strategy like certain tactics is a part of an overall strategy that you can have a tactical game without higher level strategy but you will most likely have a strategy game that does involve lower level tactics at some rudimentary point like even the most brain dead of rts's which which involve which forces you to combat your enemies will checkers unless it unless huh said checkers checkers <laughs> like unless unless the game just doesn't work like a, ta- a very common tactic is flanking, and ideally, if you flank the enemy, then you should probably win that battle. And so even in the stupidest RTS that lets you do that, that's a strategy game that lets you do tactics, and it's kind of almost impossible to separate from top to bottom, but from bottom to top, from tactics to strategy, you can have a game that is a tactical game that doesn't require you to... to, to um, to utilize it, a, a, a more general strategy. I honestly mm. think they're the same thing, but it's at the scope. It's the scope that we're talking about. The le- mm-hmm. they, they both involve planning. They're both all about planning and execution, but it's how granular are we looking at it? That that's that's the only thing I'm seeing here. Well, not the only thing because, but like it's it's it it's how. It's how they define it. How these different engagements, how these small little pockets of tactical usage are linked, is your strategy. And so that's why that that's that's why I I have this picture of a Venn diagram in my head where there's a big ass circle that's called strategy, and then, it's, and, then <laughs> and all these little, little things playing out. exactly. So, but that yeah, I mean that's I don't know. Maybe my English is bad, but it can't be because that's the only one I that's the only language I speak, and I hope it's not bad. Yeah, I but, think um, that that's. I think I think we we might have, with our own separate points of view, might have come to a common point of view here. I misspelled uh, annihilation, by the way. I I don't like that game. <laughs> I don't I spe- know anything about it. I spelled it annihilation. Did you ever play a Total Annihilation, Pete? Uh, which one was that? It's like the spirit the game with the shitty graphics. <laughs> <laughs> it's the spiritual predecessor to Supreme Commander, basically. The no. Because I've heard like I've heard some people are like that's the best RTS I've ever played, and I'm like I've never played it, so I don't know. Yeah, I, no, that I, was a game I, I, I know I've never played away. I guess maybe I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the real RTS. The what real was that game? game. It was but it was re- like I heard it was really really fast. And what was it? What say back in Pete? I was just saying what was that game that came out in 2007 that was like, uh, it was a the the one that had the, like the big Soviet symbol on it and like. Everything was real time. You just use points uh, to buy things. And... World in conflict. I yeah, think. I wanted to play that. I wanted to play <laughs> that too. I want to play all those games. Um, so let's see. Is there any game on the list that we didn't touch on? We we talked about Final Fantasy Tactics, Command and Conquer, Advance. But yeah, I think we're we're pretty good. Um, yeah. Let's see if there are yeah, any stragglers in the mailbag. Okay. Unless there. While any you're comments. looking at that, uh, I just wanted to. I, I remembered that I had a friend specifically ask me what's going on with Tony. Oh, I still don't know, but actually I did speak to Ethan recently over email and hope he might be making a return. 
Ethan, Ooh. I'm saying. Tony, Tony, he said, has been having difficulties. I didn't want to pry further. That's his own business. Yeah. But um, if, if I'm sure that um, he could use the time to just kind of whatever. But I'm hoping well, he's all right. I hope Tony, if you're okay. listening to this, let it be known that you are missed. Yes, you are missed, Very and, and we, we hope that everything's going well with you. Um, and for Tony, fuck Sony. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That rhymes too. Um, let's see, mailbox. I don't think there's anything new, but but yeah. Um, hopefully Ethan can make a make a return, and then and then after that, if everything shores up with Tony, he he'll have some time spend with us, and we'll have the uh, Fantastic Four plus the Petoria. I'm sorry, I can't be on a podcast with a Jew. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's really funny because I call one of my friends a Jew Italian because his mom's Jewish and his dad's Italian, so <laughs> that fits. But um. Uh, no mailbag. So, uh, we're we're done with the mailbag. So, any other closing comments before we start the pimp? I do have closing comments. Close. Okay, some a few things that I forgot to touch on during the podcast that I like was going to say, but then we kept moving on. Uh, this is just random shit that I that wanted to say before I forget. Um, to re re-emphasize my OCD stuff over Steam because Austin had mentioned good old games in our discussion and I want to buy stuff on good old games and I won't because it's a separate service. That's how crazy <laughs> I am. Um, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. You are OCD. Jesus. <laughs> and going back even further, uh, when I mentioned Valkyria Chronicles in one of those discussions, I'm also uh, guilty of not having bought that myself but that is a uh, basically a strategy game, like a tactics slash strategy yeah, game. that's what I've heard. And uh, it, I heard it is really good, and if I had the money, I would totally buy it, and um, I think people should check out. Uh, Giant Bomb actually has a uh, quick look at it where they play it for about like 15 minutes or something. Um, if you're into those kind of games, you might want to take a look at their quick look and see if it's something that you might be interested in. Um, I heard it's beautiful. Yeah, it does. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention was that in my now playing, I forgot to mention that I played more World of Goo, which I had mentioned on my Trilobite. World um, of Goo! And I'm uh, I'm still feeling I'm not gonna say anything about it, but the way I talked about it in my trilobite, I still feel now, and I'm about two chapter. I, I finished the first two chapters. I think there's only two or three left, um, but it doesn't seem to be getting much more complicated in his puzzles. But it's still fun. I think it, I think it will get much more complicated. I've only seen one level of the third chapter. I haven't played it, but it, I looked at it. That's why I stopped playing. Oh really? <laughs> I lo- I looked at it. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I'm hoping it's more complicated because so far the first two chapters have been like, I really like the game, but they feel the puzzles feel simple. Yeah, it's it, it's all about just making sure that everything doesn't topple over. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does feel simple, but it is. I I I like it. All right, so those were my closing comments. Okay, Al. Yeah. We hear that you play with a wooden instrument, or it could be made out of metal or plastic. Um, well, it's actually made out of wood, but it's not a wooden instrument. That's what she said. Wah, wah. Like <laughs> Where Sorry. can we find it's you cold. playing with your wooden instrument? Huh? Huh? Where can we find you playing with your wooden instrument? Oh, uh, xlm2k.blogspot.com. I have not updated it in a while because of And why is that? Stuff. Because of work and stuff. Besides that, uh, I haven't gotten... Although I I should, but I haven't really gotten the permission to release music from the band. Oh no, that... I meant I meant that people aren't commenting. People, oh comment. yes, and also people aren't. But people did comment. Two people oh, did comment on uh, my most recent post, which pleases me. So at least I know two people visit my site. Oh, very good. Well, I yeah. I, I should have commented on the last one, and I didn't. I apologize. It's okay. Yay. 
Uh, let's see. Um, Pete, Pete, where can we find your mug? Uh, well, I'm still on Facebook for now at Pete Vellucci, V-E-L-L-U-C-C-I, Jr. Um, dot com. No, no, dot com. Two but, L's, two C's. Uh, Facebook kind of sucks now. I don't like what the, the new change they did to it, and I hate social networking to begin with, so I might stop using it, and I might invest in a new personal website. I don't think the Game Slaves thing is going to happen because I, I just don't think Charlie and Justin actually have the time for it. Um, so that may just be officially dead and gone for like pretty much good. But I might just start up a personal website. I don't There's know. There's always I'll... a spot for you to write for us. <clears throat> yes, I know. Uh, but I'll keep people updated on anything I do if and when I do it. Okay, that's a shame though. I mean, I I uh, I, I like the uh, I like Char- Charlie calling everybody a tool bag and the way he calls everybody a tool bag. I can't do his <laughs> accent, but yeah. Um... <laughs> I'll let him know that. <laughs> You're a fucking tool. Um, and then uh, there is the fishy man. He's a doctor. He's a fish. He has gills, and he doesn't have any pants because they're fishy. You can get to them at drfishypants.com. The word doctor is spelled out. Let's see, when's the last time he updated? February 24th, 2009. So he is not dead. He's a med student, though. That's why he hasn't written for us in, like, years. But he's still a contributor, so he's there, and go find him there. Um, You should go and... Pete, got a question for you. Is there any place that people can find the old Game Slaves episodes? Unfortunately not, because we only were hosting them on GameSlaves.com and... Or GameSlaves.net. We don't have .com. Um, and they, uh, once the uh, site got pulled down, all that stuff got lost with it. So um, I, I have all the Game Slaves episodes, and I may be able to put them back up somewhere, but I... Yeah, not right now. <laughs> I think you know where you could put them. Anyway. Hey, if you want to host them all, I'll put them up if you want to listen to, like, old-ass stuff. <laughs> you heard it here first. You may be able... And, 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 and it's not like it's a big announcement because I just said you may. You may be able to find old Game Slays episodes coming from us soon. So, uh, yeah, uh, I just think you shouldn't let those things die. Keep them. Keep those files. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I go back and listen to them myself sometimes because you, I thought still... they, they, they have good comedic value, if not so much, you know, current news value, right. but... <laughs> Do you still have the uh, episode descriptions and all that stuff? Like, do you still have the RSS feed? Uh, the RSS feed, yes. Then that makes things much easier. All right, you heard it here first. You may more likely be able to find <laughs> old Game Slaves <laughs> episodes on our server. Not only do I have those, but I also have uh, the, um, like, the, the I think the, like, promo stuff that you recorded for us. Like, oh, the craziest yeah. stuff you guys did. I forget. What do we do? I, all I remember is one where you were saying something about fried Leiden. Oh, I I don't remember that either, but okay. <laughs> oh, and I got man. the uh, end of discussion episodes and stuff, so I got all that gameplay stuff, so maybe yeah, we'll get it up there. And okay. uh, maybe we can just, maybe I can get Charlie and Justin to want to record again, and we can just like host any new files right off of your site, and then they won't even have to worry about it. For a small fee of $100 per second. That is... Rather sizable. So. <laughs> That's, That's what, what she, she said. said. Yes, thank you. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, I think that's it for the pimpage. If I missed anybody, sorry, but we're running out of time. So... Where can people email the Try Games people for oh, yeah. strategy yeah. stuff? Mailbag. That discussion that we just had today. What are your three cents? Don't be an asshat. Mail in. And um, oh yeah, to to true thirty two thousand clarification would be appreciated because I think you have something in here with this question. It's just I don't know if we were answering it the right way. So, but like, yeah, please do. If we've if we've mangled anything about your question, 
Uh, again, that was the publishers ruining the game industry. If we mangled anything or misunderstood, please let us know. Please send us a response. We welcome your, your follow-ups, and we do welcome the question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anything that anything we messed up, clarify for us. We'll be happy to answer it again. Um, Mailbag at trygames.net. M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net. Or you can actually spell it M-A-L-E if you wanted to. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes and or Zoom, please. Uh, it's the easiest way for you to get updates. It's like even something as simple as posting a blog to say that the episode is out has become increasingly difficult because I usually do, do, do that stuff during the day and then like I just don't want to do anything when I get back from work at like ass o'clock. So just <laughs> subscribe. I mean, that's how you should be listening to podcasts in general. You should be subscribing. Um, and I, No, no, this is not directed at you, Edu, even though I brought that up. Like, <laughs> this is just in general. I'm just saying in general you should subscribe. Um, and also, subscribe is cool because then you can just get it whenever it comes out down the pipeline. Um, and fuck you, it is directed at you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, sure. That was Pete, not me. He uh, knows I love him. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that's it for Petoria. Long ass episode. Goodbye. For Al. Can't wait to play Mad World. Goodbye. We gone. Um, wait, we're not gone. My name is Chupon, and I'm your host, and we're gone now. Okay, yeah. Loving yourself is the first step in loving life. And what better way to do it than by getting yourself a fine designer watch?